Hello, and welcome back to our final episode of Inside Picard from the creators of Warped, the completely unnecessary Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt. I'm Sean. <laughs> okay. Well, hello, Sean. And I'm Matt over win. again. Or what? No, I just go. Sorry. <laughs> and we are here to talk about the final episode of season one of Star Trek Picard, episode yeah, was- 10. At in Arcadia Part Two, in Arcadia Ego Part Two, Min, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that that's the title of the last episode. <laughs> really? No. Yeah, I would well, want like something you personal. You knew last and, week. Did yeah. you not see it coming when the last one was no. called last in Arcadia one was called Ego Part, part One? one. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> it would be better if they just. I know. I know you were surprised when you heard there were more than one. Deep space, and they didn't start with nine. <laughs> I don't true. think about these things. I it would have ex- been funny if the first episode was called "In Arcadia Ego Part One," and the and they didn't have a part two. The, the episode after that was just called "Into the Breach," dear friend. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's a great title. Wow, that's not exactly. That is not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> title wise, keep them on their toes. <laughs> I did read a tweet about uh, Chabon saying like uh, he he's there's like controversy over the the ending or the series or whatever, and he's okay with that. Well, yeah, I mean there was always going to be controversy because it, it's it's such a beloved hmm. franchise, and it's you know there's controversy about discovery there's controversy about there was controversy about star trek the next generation back in 1907 oh, interesting yeah. i never knew this was no there was just no twitter there was just no way yeah there was no way to real time there are compl- people who have very strong opinions and think that the only star trek is the original series yeah people back then were like who's mm. this bald guy we don't <laughs> like him you yeah, know? he's not like, kirk He's not Kurt. This is no Kurt. This is garbage. This Why are they all Star so Trek. nice to each other? <laughs> you know, it was, it, there's always going to be that. Anytime you introduce something new, there's going to be that reaction from Especially some Especially with a rabid fan base like Star Trek fans. Exactly. Mm. And you, I mean, Star Wars is, any fandom is right. like that. Star Wars was the same way, sure. you know, the prequels and. I mean, any fandom is going to have that reaction to anything new. I don't so, know of course, you... Michael Shabon is going to say, yeah, some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. Some people are going to be mixed on it. And and that's all fine. You know, yeah. the reaction you have is the reaction you have. Not my job to worry about that. Yeah, it's not his job to worry about it. And as long as the reaction is sincere and is not coming from some secret place. secret political place where you're like right. i don't like the fact that this that a black woman is the star of star trek discovery you know yeah. Yeah. as long as it's not that kind of garbage then everyone's allowed to sort of have the reaction that they have yeah my reaction having seen this uh now being done with it is mixed to positive i would put it in the sort of you know well we'll talk about it at the end <laughs> we'll we'll give our final thoughts over the season at the end Sean, how about that? Okay, yeah, sounds good. Edgen Arcadia Ego Part 2, written by Michael Shabon, story by Michael Shabon and Akiva Goldsman, directed by Akiva Goldsman. He directed the last episode as well. As well, yeah. Which, if you'll remember, I had some complaints about. <laughs> uh, I, I just listened uh, earlier today to our 
podcast of episode nine. Uh, and I, 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 I don't know if you guys will remember this, didn't like it very much. No, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had some I. And I, I have some thoughts about whether or not this second part manages to fix the problems of the last week or resolve the issues. Uh, I also made some predictions over the course of that podcast about what I thought was and going you to happen. nailed one of them. This for episode, sure. uh, I wrote, I wrote down four and I think three of them I nailed and one of them I got wrong. Mm. So we will talk about those as we get to them. How about yeah. that? Sounds Mitch, good. Eddie, are you settled in? Uh, I got, I got buckled up. I'm, uh, I got my smoke. I got my drink. Yeah. Drink. Yeah. What do you drink? <laughs> Another drink. Uh, I've got a Sapporo here, but I've got a, a, a Moscow Mule on tap. I'm, I'm waiting for it to get really nice and cold. I like your Moscow Mules. Yeah, I know, right? That was good. When we get back together again in <laughs> six to eight months, that is, whenever <laughs> that's a thing that people are allowed yeah. to do. Yeah. I, I know. I, I, not only do I miss seeing people, yeah. I I miss uh. I miss your. I miss cocktails. I miss yeah. having cocktails with people. Yeah, smoking uh, with people. I miss having you know yeah. delicious food with mm. people. Yeah, sit down, sit down dinner at a restaurant. I miss, I miss Aaron and Philippe mm. spending money every week and ordering. <laughs> we love you guys. I thought about this. Listening. I thought about this the last time we were together. Mm. Uh, when we they ordered food, I was like. I don't think I've ever given them <laughs> any money for all of this. Every time we get together, they order like yeah. 80 bucks worth of food. And yeah. I've never. Philippe I've makes never, a lot of money. He can afford it. Yeah, he's rich. <laughs> I keep thinking there's a part of me that goes, I should, I should, you know, like offer to like throw some cash in. Mm. And then the other part of me, the more like uh, greedy part of me goes, he's rich. He doesn't need care. <laughs> He'll just buy us food. It's fine. Well, it's it's also the unemployed part of you, and and you're dealing with you know life. Sure, and but that doesn't mean I can't you know like mm-hmm. offer some yes, small twenty bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm not quite destitute. <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's not only eating when he goes there. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I really miss about this whole social isolation thing is I miss food. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the first thing we see is horrible, mean Narek, who we hate. And Narek has escaped, right? In the last episode, Min, he's, he was set free by, uh, what's-her-face, Sutra, the, yeah. mean, the mean android who's trying to summon the, uh, the synthetic creatures from the other side of the To galaxy. wipe out the organics. Right. Mm-hmm. And she set Narek free as a sort of false flag operation to get the other synths on her side. All riled up, yeah. Uh, and they killed that. They killed Saga. Saga. They stabbed her in the eye with her with her uh, hummingbird brooch. Is this all sounding familiar to yeah, you, man? Yes, yes, yes. For okay. a second, I was uh, imagining that that Narek had done the stabbing, but no, they had stabbed it. Uh, they had killed her, and then they released Narek to sort of frame it on him. Well, she, they, yeah, they, they were it, in on it together. Yeah, they, they worked on it together. We didn't actually see the murder in the episode, mm. last episode. 
Uh, we just know that she was dead and yeah. Narek had escaped. Mm. And Narek escaped. So the first thing we see this episode is Narek has made his way to the crashed Borg cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sneaks his way in and he sees Elnor and Seven. And Elnor and Seven, and he kind of sneaks past them. <laughs> they don't they don't Elnor's a badass. Well, they're 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 talking okay. about something else, yeah. and he's not in their line of sight. He's sort cool. of behind them. And That's and Elnor and Seven have a little conversation where Elnor says wouldn't it be why don't we just kill all of the remaining XPs? Wouldn't it be better off if they were dead? Because they don't have any place to go and nobody cares about them. Wow. Because you know, he's got that whole absolute honesty thing that uh, he yeah. learned from the, the Romulan nuns. Mm-hmm. And Seven is like, Well, you could say the same thing about me. I'm an XP. I don't have anywhere else to go. Why don't I just put a phaser to my head and be done with it? And Elnor's like, because I would miss you. <laughs> it's a sweet little, you know, Narek's just a just a bundle of adorable energy. Elnor. 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 What did I say? Narek. Oh, yeah, Elnor. Elnor is a bundle of mm-hmm. adorable energy. Right, Sean? Yes, absolutely. Love Elnor. <laughs> we all love, everybody loves Elnor. There's a jingle. Play the jingle. <laughs> Play the jingle, Jake. Everybody loves Elnor. Who's the Romulan we love the best? Everybody loves Elnor. Did you guys, have you guys listened to last week's episode? When I, we, have I you listened, guys listened to, to two weeks ago when he added all the board music. Uh-huh. And the, and the Friday the 13th music. Oh, wow. You really got them all in there. No, I haven't uh, had a chance to listen. Last in during last week's episode, we talked about how everyone betrays Jean-Luc right. mm-hmm. Picard. Uh, Jake did, in fact, make a jingle for that. <laughs> I look forward to it. Jake is uh, really on it. Yeah, Jake's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. So he sort of Narek sort of sneaks past them. Then we cut to Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc is in sort of solitary confinement. They've got him locked up in, I think it's supposed to be Bruce Maddox's old quarters. Mm. And he's just hanging out because they arrested him at the end of last week's episode and hauled him off. And he sees a little butterfly come flying by. And we know from earlier, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we know from an earlier episode that the butterflies are synthetic, that uh, Dr. Soong and Bruce Maddox have built, have made these like cool butterflies that are flying around. So Picard sees a butterfly and he has a little moment with the butterfly. It lands on his finger, blah, blah, blah. I have a lot of problems with this episode. Four notes, four pages worth of notes worth of ep- of problems with this episode. <laughs> oh my god, this is where the four pages went. Sean, I don't know how you felt. Do we want to? How did you feel about this episode? Before we get too deep into it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I I I generally liked it. I I was pretty oh, satisfied with everything. Liked it myself. Not loved it. Liked it. Yeah, I think that's where I land too. I would say liked it, but did not love it. 
mm-hmm. and have some um, I think there are that I, I think there are really like there were some parts I didn't um you know there were, we, we'll get to the moments that I really liked and the moments I didn't but there were I think the the moments I liked outweighed the moments I didn't Yes, and I think um, that's a fair summary of maybe the whole season. And I think that the there show are, as a whole. Yeah. I think that there are I think that the, there are problems in this episode that are kind of indicative of the problems with the, the season as a whole. Sure. So anyway, Picard has this little moment with the butterfly and the butterfly flies away and Picard's like, "Lucky you, you get to fly away cuz I'm still trapped here in, <laughs> in this room." I really identified with Picard because I've spent the entire week uh, basically in my bedroom. Uh, I've been in solitary confinement as well. So I really knew, I understood how Jean-Luc felt this week. You were like, cool hand, Luke. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Banging not, who, you, that's not the, who you're thinking of. You're thinking of the great escape. You're thinking of him sitting oh, in the prison. The baseball. Throwing the, the wall. Throwing the ball against the wall. Yeah. Yeah, right idea. Wrong, wrong movie. That didn't happen right. in Cool Hand Luke. No, nope. he does. He gets thrown in 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 solitary. Yeah, as well. but he doesn't bounce the ball against the wall. Uh, okay. Does he? No, he doesn't. No, no. Uh, then we see outside of Jean Luc's room where he's imprisoned. I'm gonna call. Go ahead and start calling it his cell, even though it's sure. not a cell. Uh, we see Soji. And Soji comes up and she puts her eyeball up against the scanner and it scans to let her to let her in. Mm. And we also see that Dr. Girardi is sort of off in the distance, hiding behind a pillar. And she sees Soji uh, use her eyeball to get scanned into the room. This will become important later, man. That's why I'm Mm -hmm. telling you. this. Mm -hmm. It's also an example of what I would accuse the show of having, which is lazy storytelling. Yeah. Because Soji scans her way in. She goes in and she talks to Picard. This scene has no reason for being in this episode because nothing happens in this season. Right. In this scene, except that they both restate their positions, which we already know. Mm -hmm. So my note, the, the note that I wrote is why is she there? Because she goes in and she's like, I hope you understand why you're doing why we're doing this. And Picard's like, I don't. I think you're making a huge mistake. Mistake. And he gives a classic Picard speech where he's like, This is not the right way to behave. We have to be better than all you're doing is proving that they're right about you. you, You Yeah, all you're doing is proving that they're right and that you are the destroyer and that these these synthetic aliens that you're calling from beyond are going to eliminate us all and and she's just like okay well that didn't work and then she leaves it's a stupid unnecessary scene that is only there to set up Gerardi seeing soji mm. scan her eyeball to get into the room yeah because these that- are the types of, this is i think like where i think shabon not being a, a, a screenwriter GD necessarily, or, mm-hmm. being more of a novelist, because yep. mm-hmm. yep. those kind of scenes in a in a in a book don't don't seem as odd. Yes, because you in a book, mean? because you, you can go into people's minds and describe right. 
what they're thinking and how they're feeling. But in a TV show, all you have is what they say and how they behave. Mm -hmm. So their thought processes are a mystery in tele in in filmed entertainment. Right. So I also made a list of pros and cons for the season, which we'll do at the end. <laughs> but but one of them has to do with exactly what you just said, Sean. The difference between a, a being a good novel writer, a good novelist, and being yeah. a good television mm. writer. Yep. Well, I also wonder if like in, in writing, it's okay to repeat thoughts or repeat sort of emotions or scenes and just describe them differently. But in TV, you want to be concise. You know, you want to assume that people can pick up what you're what you're putting down and, and you can move on and you don't have to reiterate. There's an argument to be made. This is a larger conversation that doesn't necessarily have to do with Star Trek. But there's an argument to be made that I have I've seen TV writers actually make in interviews that the 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 advent of streaming and the ability to Binge. have a have a season or an episode be as long as you want um. has kind of made TV writing worse mm. because when you have a fixed amount of time, if you're writing a network television show, yep. you've got 42 you know, minutes. That episode has to be exactly 42 minutes and 30 mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah. And there have to be four commercial, there have to be four act breaks because there have to be right. four commercials in the episode. It forces you to write in a very concise mm -hmm. and economical way right and, and the elimination of commercials and the sort of elimination of time restrictions has kind of allowed tv writing to get kind of lazy and mm -hmm. and overdone right indulgent because, yeah self-indulgent well, and also have, like, now yeah. i can write now i can write the same story that i would ordinarily write in 42 minutes now i have an hour Mm -hmm. So I can write 20 extra minutes of nonsense that well, doesn't it's do like we talk about in in when we were watching original series Star Trek, right? They were 56 minutes long, which meant they had 10 more minutes to put bullshit in. And so then you have, you know, Fox playing why, loot. And, yeah, yeah. And that's why they, they feel so slow moving. Yeah. There's something to be said for, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, they. they they always say that like time. really good art uh, exists under restrictions, mm, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Because you have to be creative to mm -hmm. overcome the restrictions. Mm -hmm. If you're making a movie and you have $5 million to make that movie, you're going to be much more creative than if you have $100 million to make that same movie. Because if you have $100 million, if you're George Lucas and you're making the prequels, you're just going to say, well, just throw money at the problem. Just use mm -hmm. technology. Yeah. Just use special effects. Just, mm -hmm. But if you're making the first Star Wars and you're George Lucas and you have to do everything practically and on a budget, you have to be much more creative yeah. and you get a you get a better result. I think it's that. It's that you have to be more creative and people like seeing like the 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 ultra creativity that you have to come up with when you have those limitations. Yeah. It's it's hard to create sure. art. 
mm. in a in without any kind of restrictions. I think is the and I and I think along the, the same lines you're talking about, like you know, when you've got these shows now, these binging shows that are essentially ten hour movies, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> you nobody needs ten hours to tell one story. Yeah. You better have a really great story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gotta be you, you gotta hours. have either a whole lot of different plot lines mm. all going at the same time. Mm. Right. You know, whereas this episode this show did not have that. I mean, there was one plot and that was it. All the plots, all of the, the characters' storylines all generated around one plot line. Mm. I'm trying to find Soji right. and protect her. And then eventually the 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 flip of her people turn you know that whole the the battle of the end but yeah it's been one story the entire you can't that story season. doesn't have that much nuance that you need ten hours to tell it mm. and uh, I I don't know if you'll remember this Sean but we really liked the scene where Rafi went and met her son who right. had rejected her. Sure. Because that was a completely unconnected yeah, it was story untethered to the, to the rest story. Yeah, of sure. the main story. But that was a great scene because it gave you some insight into her character. Absolutely. And it was and it was just it was just something different. It was something we hadn't already seen, you know? Right. It was just nice to see something that was not part of the main story. And if the main story was compelling enough, you wouldn't care so much. But I think that part of my problem with this season is that the main story ultimately is kind of boring. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that when we get to pros and cons. Mm -hmm. But on paper, it doesn't sound boring. Well, and I don't mean to... I Look, I don't want to shit... I'm not shitting on the whole show. Mm-hmm. It was... Overall, I'm really happy it exists, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed watching it. And I am largely positive on the whole thing. Overall grade, you know, B, B plus, you know, yeah, 80, 82%, somewhere in there. Yeah. A solid B inching towards <laughs> a respectable grade on any, on yes. any scale. Yeah. 8.5 on the, uh, on the IMDb. IMDb yeah. yeah. The Richter scale. <laughs> but, but the things that bothered me about it bother me a partly. lot. Partly because I think that with a little more thought and care, mm. they could have avoided these mm. traps that they fell into, which is going to come back around to me thinking that Michael Shabon should not be have been in charge. Mm. They should have they should have hired somebody who knew how to run he's a television. Yeah, he's never but run a TV I'm show Michael, before. Hire right? Michael Shabon as a writer, absolutely, but don't make him the showrunner right. because. He's not a showrunner. He's a novelist, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, let's and get he back. Could, and he could use some boundaries. We're on now himself. an hour in, and I'm still yes. on number two <laughs> of my four-page-long list things to talk about. So, back to the cube. Wait, well, there's one more. There's one more thing in this little scene. Uh, they talk about the beacon. And I don't remember, I don't think they talked about this last week, but you you see that what the synths are up to down on the planet is they're building this giant fucking beacon that they're going to activate that is going to summon the 
mean, nasty synths from the other side of the galaxy to come. So that's the other time. There's a lot of time clocks in this episode. One of them mm. is the, the Romulans are on the way, and the other one is, are the synths going to build this beacon, build the beacon and, and summon all of the synths to come and like wipe us all out? Go ahead, Sean. Oh, uh, so then we go to the board cube. And Narek and Narissa's on the board cube. We didn't know what happened. We thought, I think we all assumed she had gotten on board one of the Romulan ships when they all mm. showed up. But apparently yeah. she was hiding on the board cube the whole time. Oh. Yeah, I, I thought she had beamed out with other, with, uh, with yeah, the Romulan yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere else on the board cube, I guess. Hmm. She's been hanging out on the board cube with Elnor and Seven this whole time. How convenient. Yeah, uh, they you know they they have a moment. He's like, he uh, she asks, she's like, did you find them? And he says, yeah, I found them. And she says, have you fucked any of them? <laughs> Gross. And he's like, not yet. She says, did you kill any? And he goes, yeah, I killed one. Uh, you know, they're talking about the synths, right? Yeah. Uh... And she says, well, that's a good start. You managed to kill one of them. And she's like, well, let me go take care of it. And he's like, no, this is me. And then he says this whole thing about he was, I found Seb Cheneb. I'm, I found the, 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 the back black sheep of the family. I found him. You got to let me take care of this. Seb Cheneb. Yeah, you're right to laugh, man. This whole thing is <laughs> Narek and Narissa, I could not care less uh, yeah. about either of these two characters. Well, they're yeah. playing that whole flowers in the attic sort of angle. And again, this is one of those scenes that only exists to set up a plot point because mm -hmm. he gets a bunch of hand grenades from yeah. her and the grenades are going to become important later on. So he shows up, he takes a bunch of grenades. They have some dumbass conversation that doesn't right. amount to anything. And then he leaves. <laughs> the only reason that's there, plot-wise, is so that he can the get grenade. his hands on the grenades. Yeah, it's dumb and bad. We mm. go to La Serena. F F F for that scene. I give that D grade <laughs> A D for the grenades being transferred. Uh, D minus okay. for the gray for the grenades. <laughs> I'm going to grade each scene as we <laughs> It's good learning for Chabon, hopefully. Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. send this Michael Chabon, if you're listening. Let's send this podcast to Michael Chabon when we're done and mm. say, you, you know, just some notes, just some, some polite, notes. some helpful notes. When we are famous, then this will be big and it will uh, cross his desk and he'll be like, oh, shit, I got to pay attention to these guys, these uh, wet Well, we've already guys, talked about Michael Shabon's response to uh, yeah. fans. And yeah. yeah, he doesn't yeah. really care. Well, he has a healthy response, which is mm -hmm. everybody's yeah. allowed to have their opinions. Yeah. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. My opinion was that scene sucked. Was dumb. Poop. I didn't figure out who I was. I was trying to figure out who was. I never looked at who played Narissa. Uh -huh. I, I, I'm like, I recognize. And she just looks so familiar. I couldn't figure it out. I finally figured it out. It's Peyton List. Who I don't know who that she, is. She, you would. She. The reason why I know is she. She played Poison Ivy on Gotham uh, for, for a season. You love Gotham. 
I did love Gotham. Mm. Yeah. So I would not know that because I didn't watch that show. Yeah. I like Poison Ivy. She's a cool character. She yeah, she went through some they they were like four different actresses that played Poison Ivy at various times. Oh, really? yeah, because she sort of started girl. Yeah, no, intentionally. Like Mm. she she sort of changed, she sort of like morphed Mm. throughout the show. (laughs) Okay. Sure. She morphed. <laughs> they were like, she did. They just had care, actor uh, conflict. Hey, speaking of Poison Ivy, she's not in it, but the Birds of Prey movie uh-huh. is uh is out. Margot They put yeah. it out movie. They put it out early because of the whole virus thing. Mm-hmm. So you can watch Birds of Prey at home right now. I would on highly recommend watching Birds Netflix, of Prey. Is it on, you have to uh, is it on you have to pay for it, uh, but sure. uh, yeah. but it it's a uh, it, I really liked it. Yeah, you know, in the right. comic books, in the comic books, she, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are uh, lesbian lovers. lovers. Oh, nice. <laughs> Do they play with that in the movie? No, because Poison oh. Ivy's not well, in she's it. She's not in but it. They, yeah. they kind of hinted that Poison Ivy might be in the next one, uh, which would who, be good, which would be who, fun. Who is it then? It's Harley Quinn Black Canary? No, I don't know anything about you don't know anything about comic books. Well, I know a few things, but, you know, I'm not a huge comic book nerd. So Harley Quinn, right, mm-hmm. is, uh, was Joker's, yep, yep, huge, I know was that. the Joker's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then he he dumped her. And oh. now she's kind of, she's solo in, in this movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. So then, La Serena. Yes, Rio and Rafi. Mm-hmm. Here is where the first La Serena. Here is where the first of my predictions from last. <laughs> yes. Because last week, men, you'll recall that Rios was given a magic gizmo uh, to restart the ship by Saga. No, Rafi, Rafi was given Rafi. it, right? No, it was. Oh, maybe it was yeah. maybe it was Rafi. Mm-hmm. I forget. Because she's the one who was saying, "Yeah, she told me just use your imagination." Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, they you're, both you're start right. with R. Uh, and so they've got this magic gizmo mm. that kind of looks like uh, it's got brass finger knuckles. holes in it. <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of like brass knuckles. You can put your fingers, your four <laughs> fingers, in it, and then it's got a little thingy that sticks up off the top. Uh-huh. And I, in my notes, I called it the magic fixer. I called it the goober. Yeah, that's good too. The goober. Oh, that's what and they there... call it in Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I got it from. Mm. We were we watched that. We the family and I watched Spy into the Spider Verse last weekend, so that's <gasps> why I started calling it goober. I, there's I, a, there's a yeah. good move. I watched it uh, last, uh, the other okay. night. I I got emotional. It was it was a good movie. I mean, th- yeah, great movie. There were some parts where I was like, mm, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm just going to ignore that and I'm going to enjoy, you know, just, yeah, it was a great movie. All comic book movies have that. I mean, I think it makes, I think it holds together pretty well plot wise. 
Well, what did you think didn't make the sense? the uncle is the prowler and I, I that wasn't developed very much and I mean there might have been a lot of cohesiveness behind it but it just felt like oh okay he he's the bad guy he's gonna have this this sad moment and you know they're gonna they're gonna have a, a farewell and you know on, yeah honestly I I was touched at that moment but then I also thought like I don't know it just felt a little scripted. Yeah, you know. it's convenient, I mm-hmm. guess. Convenient. But, it's, but they do set it, it up. Is I mean, very, the dad makes very points comic about yeah, his dad does sort of hint at the beginning that mm. his brother is not a good guy. Yeah, mm. they're estranged and they haven't talked to each other in a long time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So maybe if that had been developed more, it might have made more sense to me. But you know, I could let it go and and just really because the movie is so. Um, imaginative and creative you know just all the different things that they do with it and some of the shots are just wow amazing really really beautiful yeah it might be the best superhero movie ever mm. i mean mm-hmm. it's it's right up, it's up there. there it's not yeah. number one yeah agreed uh so they've got their the goober, goober. <laughs> and they're standing around, Rios and Rafi are standing around in the engine room, and Rios is like, eh, the engine's all fucked up. I can't fix it. Rafi's like, why don't you try the magic gizmo? And she's like, well, I don't know how it works. She's like, well, <laughs> according to Saga, you just have to use your imagination. <laughs> so this is the first prediction I got right. When I said last week, the magic gizmo is going to be exactly that. It's going to be a magic gizmo that just magically does whatever it does you need whatever you need it to do. And wow. that's exactly what it turns out to yep. be. Because she's like, you just have to use your your you have to use your imagination, which made me think of Willy Wonka and <laughs> a pure and having a pure imagination. Mm. I wrote pure imagination in my notes. Because he's like, she's like, just imagine that the thing that's broken is fixed. And so he closes his eyes and he imagines that the thing that is broken is fixed. And just like that, the thing that's broken is fixed. It's garbage. It's garbage. It's terrible storytelling. (laughs) It's lazy. It's the very definition of a deus ex machina. I hated every second of it. Can you also wish for other things with it? And not only, yes, yes. because this is oh, not the first time this is back. going to happen. He's like, I not want Thai only, food. Not only do they do it once, which maybe, you, maybe it would be forgivable if they only used it once. They use it again. For the cube? For the board cube? We'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. <laughs> Rios is so astonished that he literally says, I caramba, which I've never, <laughs> oh, heard, God. I've never heard anybody say outside of Bart Simpson in the uh, last 30 years. Uh, I couldn't believe that they actually, yeah. I couldn't believe that Michael Shabon actually wrote the words I, I, caramba, I caramba into a script. Uh, <laughs> come on. That's... Maybe it was an improv. Maybe the guy just mm. said it day and they decided that's, to keep it. But it sounded even... crazy to me that he yeah. would say I caramba. Yeah. Even I the decision mean, to keep it is a bad decision. I mean, that is some fucking what's twentieth century stuff. Shit. Well, I was thinking more just like stereotypical, yeah. like yeah, 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 and like that's, that's something you see in an old western where yeah, what's the, the what's the, the, the Mexican chef is, is drops the, the beads and he's mouse? like, "Ay, caramba!" Yeah. What's, what's the, the cartoon? cartoon mouse that's like oh, Speedy Gonzalez? 
Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah. It seems yeah. like something he would say. I remember. 20th century. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's something people say in real life. I've never yeah. in in an in 45 years of living in California, <laughs> surrounded by Spanish speakers, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say I Unironically, anyway. Unironically, yeah. What you don't know is Chapon, like, summers in Acapulco, and those people love The Simpsons. <laughs> so I mean, that... he's, from, he's from the Bay Area. Like, he grew up in San Francisco. <laughs> he should Which know has better. a lot of Spanish people. That's my point. He should know yeah. better. Totally. I agree. So anyway, the magic doohickey works and the ship, <laughs> the ship comes back online. Ay caramba. And he goes, ay caramba. And then they hear like banging thump, sounds. Thump, thump. And he's like, I know what that sound is. That's somebody throwing shit at the front of the ship. And so they go up to the front of the ship and they look out the window and there's Narek and he's throwing rocks at the ship. <laughs> Well, one thing we, we skipped in the scene where they're at the board cube when Narek leaves, uh, Elnor follows him. Oh, so Elnor sensed him. Yes, or he saw him or something. But he 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 he's he's following him now. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Elnor yeah. left the board cube and is following Narek. Right. Convenient. So they're like Rios and Rafi are like they turn on the speakers and they're like. <laughs> We're going to blow the shit out of you just to yeah. see what happens. <laughs> Step away from the vehicle. They're like, I wonder what happens if we shoot a photon torpedo at a single human being. And That's maybe we'll good. see what happens. And he's like, you don't want to do that because I'm carrying all of these grenades. And the grenades will blow up and they'll blow you up, too, if you shoot at me. And they're like, OK, what then? Why are you here? And he's like, I think we're actually on the same team and you should let me in so that we can talk the liar and so they do yeah he's untrustworthy mm -hmm. and they know that but they let him in mm. and they they're all sitting around the table rafi's trying to call jean luc on the communicator and she can't get him on the phone and Narek's like i keep telling you they've locked down the synth town and <laughs> You yes. And that's why you can't call Jean-Luc because they're not letting any communications in and they're going to activate this beacon. They're building this and beacon. And the beacon's going to call these mean synths from across the galaxy mm. and they're going to kill us. They're going to kill us all. Yeah. So you should be, you have to team up. And they're like, uh, we don't trust you. And he's like, uh, I don't really care uh, because what I'm saying to you is true. And then Elnor comes in, and Elnor whips his sword out and, like, is about to it's slice Narek's head yes. off. And yeah. I really wanted him to. Yeah. I was like, yep. do it, Elnor, do choose it. to live. Yeah, he says that to Narek, and Narek's like, I do choose to live. <laughs> choose yeah, to he live. does. <laughs> and so then Elnor Rafi, has to back down? Well, Rafi and Rios are like, don't kill him, Elnor. <laughs> He's got a story that he's telling oh. us, and you might want to hear it. And Elnor's like, nah, I don't know. I really want to slice his hat off. And they're like, don't do it just yet. <laughs> and so he doesn't, which was really disappointing. It was a real yeah. blue balls moment when Elnor oh. did not slice Narek's yeah. hat off. I can't wait. I really wanted to see Narek get it. I was waiting the whole episode for it. I know. 
I'm trying to sense from you what you say, whether he does get it or not. He does. I think he does. Wait and see, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We, we got to wait. That's my prediction. So they sit down. So then we go to Jirati and Soong. And Dr. Soong. Dr. Soong. They're working is on Saga. In his lab. And Saga, the girl that uh, Narek killed, is lying there on the table. And she's got her one eye that's been like stabbed, stabbed. in the eye. Yeah. And Soong says, No, I'm trying to download her memories, but it's taking a long time. Because her eyeball got damaged and it screwed up her memories. But I'm trying to download her memories. And Gerardi is like, yeah, okay, I'll keep an eye on this. I need you to go and uh, work on the the golem. The golem. Horse shit. Well, it is horse shit. She's lying. Yeah. She says some bullshit to him. It doesn't matter what. This is all... She gets him to leave the room. He leaves the room, which is all that matters. This episode is so... Think people do things in this episode just because the plot requires them to do it. So she makes up some bullshit. We've talked about it on other episodes. Like, the show started... Like, it took so long to get up, to get Mm. going. That they're having to solve all these things Real really fast. quickly. Yeah. And yeah. so they have to come up with bullshit reasons why they would happen that quickly. Right. Because it took him four episodes to leave her. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Was it worth so it, anyway, Javon? <laughs> he leaves and she pulls the other eyeball yeah. out of Saga. The unpunctured eyeball. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. And she looks at her and she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm sort of glossing over some of this because we just have to get through four pages of notes. It doesn't really matter. The, the act, But the acting in all of this is really good. Like, well, Alison Pill is really good in this episode. And that you, is this one of the strengths of the show. It's the saving grace of it. If the acting is wasn't bad, the, you'd be like, this sucks. The acting was great and the characters were great. Yes. We will talk about the that group. when we get to pros yeah. and cons. Yeah. Uh, so then we get um, Rafi, Rios, Elnor, and Narek are sitting around a, f- a fire. It's a yeah, fireside fire. chat scene. Oh. And they're, they're outside the ship. They're outside no. La Serena. And they're sitting around, yeah. and they're having a fireside chat. The I wrote one word, and the word was boring. <laughs> yes. It's nonsense. It, who gives a shit? It's it something tells, that we already know, too. Yes, exactly so. It's, it's a scene that tells the viewer... Something that the viewer already knows that that the characters don't, but who cares? Like mm. they can tell them that off screen. Like yeah. they can just learn it in their own time. But instead, we get this long ass scene where Narek and Elnor tell Rafi and Rios about the prophecy and the 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 coming war between the, the sense basically the Romulan. 
theory of the end times of mm. apocalypse or it's whatever. It's dumb and it's it. stupid, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. The only thing that matters in this scene is that El- Merrick says, "I want to take these grenades, and I and I want to use them to blow up the beacon that's mm. calling the Siths from across the galaxy." Okay. He's like, I did want to use them for one thing, but now I want to use them for this other thing. Uh, C minus for that whole scene. No, it's stupid. It makes no, there's no point to it. Bad it's writing. complete exposition dump that doesn't need to be there because yep. it's something that we already know. The only thing that matters, we know that the Romulans believe in this end times that this, this, that, and that this sister the Seb Cheneb, the destroyer, is about to bring it on. We all know that, that the Romulans it, believe that. We don't need to hear it again. I will and say it wasn't what, even it wasn't even like well written in a way that you were like, okay, well, yeah. this was not a this was kind of pointless, but at least it was like interesting on a character right. level. It wasn't yeah. even interesting on a character level. It, it was, was just, just narrative telling the story. Exposition dump. Yeah. Terrible. What uh, what I will say from from how you are telling the story is that for me it it's starting to redeem Narek a little bit because it's like he is trying to save you know organics you know this is his mission now. But that's always been his mission. Their mm. mission ha- the the Romulans have always been about killing the synths mm-hmm. and saving save organics. organics. Yeah. The only thing that's changed is that Narek is now convincing Rafi and Rios that they are that that they should help him mm-hmm. to accomplish this goal. Mm. Narek's motivations have not changed at all. That would maybe have been more interesting. If mm. Narek's if Narek's motivation was something other than what it was when he started, that would be different. But it's not. It's exactly the same he, his mission has not changed one bit from the beginning. Right. But I suppose it, it's it's a little more um, palatable for me now because I'm like, oh, he's not it, it, there's there's a reason for it. he's always lying or, or, or he is manipulating people is you know, and, and that didn't necessarily seem as clear to me before that he was trying to save humanity or, or organics here. Yeah, I that makes him sound more noble mm. than the way it's actually plays Portrayed. out. Yeah. Okay. It kind of plays out like the reason he's doing it is to fuck over his sister. Because oh. he's like, they have this rivalry about who's going to be the savior. <laughs> and, right. And, and he's like, I'm the one who found her, so I'm going to be the one who saved all of Orana Clive. And that's actually really funny as you're telling it. Yeah, that, that... it's like it's stupid and it's, it's childish. It's, <laughs> it's kind of unworthy of Romulans. Like mm. Romulans have always been portrayed as like really clever and like plotty manipulators and like yeah, five steps ahead of everybody else. And like this whole thing just boils down to Narek and Narissa like wanting to fuck each other, but also wanting to fuck each other over mm. and they can't decide which one they want to do more. It's right. I didn't like it. Uh, they're sitting around the campfire and they're like, how are we going to get in to the city? 
in order to blow up the thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and Narek is like, I have a plan for that. Elizabeth Warren style. He's like, I have a plan for that. <laughs> He's like, I'll pretend to be a prisoner and you guys they, pretend to capture me. Mm-hmm. And, and they basically take- do one of those where they describe the plan at the same time they show you the plan. Uh, yeah, sure. they do the Ocean's Eleven, sure. just describing the heist at the same time. It's the Chewbacca which they've already plan. Done. From yeah, they've already done Chewbacca. this on this show because they did yeah. this exact same thing with the Jaisal. The Jaisal. Mm-hmm. They pretended to have a prisoner and then and then snuck their way in to where they were not supposed to be. So again, lazy storytelling. They're doing the same well, exact thing twice. And they, I mean, twice in the 10 episodes. They're doing just the same let episode. them in. Yeah, like, they don't even, like, yeah, they just are like, oh, okay. Uh, you captured they think the wrong like, we've got this guy who was sneaking around. Yeah. We know he killed one of your people, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, yeah, but of course, don't the, the guards are know just that like, these people came with Picard and right. they've arrested Picard, but for some reason they just let them right into the middle of their town. I think you're supposed to believe that the synths are very naive gullible. and mm-hmm. rusty. Yes, and gullible because they've never had any experience with the outside right. world. But there's Picard describes synths. them as children uh, oh. later in episode. So I think you're supposed to believe yeah. that they're just easily fooled mm. but yes it goes off without a hitch yeah. they show up Derek. they're like hey we captured him and the the synths are like well we have to take your guns and they're like okay fine take our guns and then they're like how are we going to sneak the grenades in and right rios sneaks it in inside one of his soccer balls yeah, so they call back to his, the, the whole point why the, the the scene where he played soccer now has a point. He playing soccer by himself earlier okay. in a few episodes ago. So he's got this soccer ball with him, and they're just like, fine, come on in. You could bring your soccer ball. <laughs> they're gullible. It's dumb. It's yeah. bad storytelling. Well, you know how like uh, AI nowadays can sometimes be fooled in the like silliest ways, right? Like the face, uh, the face recognition AI. You can just wear a mask or something, and then it's going to be fooled. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, Gerardi uses the eyeball that she Mm -hmm. took out of the dead android Mm -hmm. and she holds it up to the scanner of the room where Picard is and she goes in, she wakes up Picard and Picard's like, what the hell do you want? Because he thinks she's betrayed him. And she's like, I'm here to rescue you. And it turns out (laughs) she was faking. Yeah, she was faking. She was was a double agent the whole time. She was pretending to be on the side of the sense and she gets a funny little moment Allison Pill is a great actress and she's like I used to think I didn't have what it takes to be a double agent but now I think I've got a knack for it and it's (laughs) it's very funny and charming and oh so she comes back to help Picard yeah very cool she's like I was just pretending that I was on their side but really I'm on your side and we gotta get out of here before they figure out (laughs) what's going on you see why I want to be Jurati you see now well she still killed the love of her life like 
she's she's you know torn it's dark past she's got emotional things it's a love hate uh fuck kill mary sort of thing uh i understand you should play fuck mary kill when we get to the end of this episode okay. just based on the descriptions of the guy yeah, because you've only you all you have to go by is i heard descriptions of the characters so excited um so she helps so they she grabs Picard and they they book it out. Yep. Uh Dr. Sung is back in his lab and he finally gets done downloading the memories of uh Saga, the dead saga. And he looks at the memories. <laughs> How apropos. He looks at the memories and he sees that. It wasn't uh, Eric um, who that, killed. Yeah, Baca. he sees Sutra. That it was Sutra. Kama Sutra. Right. Fucking bitch. Kama, <laughs> comma, comma, Sutra. Comma, comma, comma. Should be a comma, 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 comma Sutra. Play some Karma Chameleon here, Jerry. Yes, insert, insert Karma Chameleon here. Comma, 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 So yeah, Rafi like... and the gang are like uh, trying to find where to bomb the mm, beacon, the beacon. Yeah. and they're like, we have to sneak around before we get discovered. And then Dr. Soong is behind them and he's like, yes, I've found you. And they're <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, shit, this is bad news, except Dr. Soong on their side. He's just seen that Sutra killed Saga. So he's now on their side, right? Convenient. Well, you don't know that yet. but We don't know that yet. But then we see Gerardi and Picard. They've escaped from the city. How? Doesn't matter. <laughs> but that's cool. We Doesn't don't need matter. it explained. Yes, we do. There oh. are. Here's the problem with the show. Things that should be explained uh, aren't. Are and not. Don't need explanation are explained to death. Because like, I was going to say that there are things that you, yeah. they explain that you've been like, we don't need that explained. But not you're like, because we, we know already it. learned. Yeah. Gotcha. But not when it, Picard yeah, is supposed the, the, they to spend be, a lot of time telling other characters in the show things that the audience yeah. already know. Yeah. And Picard is supposed to be under arrest, right? Mm. How did Jirahi get him out of town, which is supposedly being guarded? Their kids. Never explained. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Bad storytelling. But anyway, they've they've managed in this very short amount of time to get all the way back to La Serena. Which we were told earlier was five kilometers away. So Gerardi and Picard have managed to do a 5K <laughs> in, in about 15 seconds. This 100-plus-year-old man? Wow. Yeah. Good job. So they're back on La Serena, and they're like, nobody's here. And Gerardi's like, well, maybe they went back to the town. Mm. You know, maybe we crossed paths somewhere along yes. the way. They went back to the town. We came here. Picard's like, it doesn't matter. What's going on with the Romulans? So Gerardi sits down at the console and she pulls up the scanner and she's like, the Romulans are on Two their hours. way. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Oh, so, wow. 
it's really it's been a long time on. since the last episode. Okay. <laughs> They're like seven minutes or they're gonna be here in seven minutes. And she's like, um, what's your plan? How far into the episode are we right now? It's not we're seven on... minutes left, right? No, God, no. Okay. Good lord. No. We're on <laughs> good lord. We're on number ten of my notes. We're about halfway and, through. And yeah. Okay. Twenty one. Okay. Not bad. We're about twenty five minutes in. <laughs> and the Romulans are seven minutes out. Romulans are seven minutes away. Wow. She's like, what are we gonna do? Because even if we manage to stop the Romulans, that just means the horrible synths from the other side of the galaxy are going to show up and kill us all. So we're going to die either way. Mm-hmm. Picard gives a very Picardy speech <laughs> where he talks about fear being an incompetent teacher. He says, look, yes. these synths down on the planet, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They think they do, but they don't because they're children. No one's bothered to show them. And they are children with a bad teacher. They've had bad teachers. The only teacher they've ever had is Dr. Soon, and he's a nutball. <laughs> he makes. He doesn't teach. And he's like, they're operating by fear, but fear is an incompetent teacher. I love and the that only way it, quote. Or that, it is that a great statement. quote. This is a, look, That's a great line. Here's the good thing. I've been shitting on Michael Shabon, but I think that I... My problems with him have to do with structure. Yeah. Michael Shabon is a very good writer of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And, and the ideas he, he, gives, he gives wonderful words to Patrick Stewart to say. And when Patrick Stewart says, fear is an incompetent teacher, you're just like, fuck yeah. That's right, yeah. Patrick. Yeah, Stewart. it is. Go you're right. It. It's great. Because he's like, we, they're children and they have to be taught. And she's like, how do you teach children when you only have seven minutes before the Ravioids showed up? Right. And he's like, you teach them all children. Example. He's like, all children teach, learn by example. And so he sits down in the captain's chair and he's like, well, the last time I tried to do this, I don't know if you remember this, man, but a couple episodes ago, yeah, yeah, with, they, made, uh, Rios. they made a joke out of the fact that Picard didn't know how to fly <laughs> ship. Mm-hmm. But now he's like, well, I've been watching Rios for the last. So hopefully, I've learned he's enough from Rios. Learner. Hopefully, I've hopefully I've picked some stuff up. Yeah. So he sits down and and he pulls up the hologrammy like thing that you fly the ship with, <laughs> and he and he looks at her and Gerardi looks at him and Gerardi says, "Make it so." <laughs> and it's great. It's it's. I love the uh, flipping of um, yeah, just that's just tables that, there. To me, like, and that's that's the thing of like where this show, where I, it, I it just excels. because of moments like that, I can mm. excuse so much sure. of the shitty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's because they they did nail moments yep. like that so well. It's an A plus moment, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. surrounded by. B's and C's and D's, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's so it's so satisfying that it's this show's a real roller coaster. There's a lot of highs, <laughs> some a lot low. of lows. 
Well, it makes me want to ask. You said they have. He has a writer's room. Do you feel like um, some of those low moments are just him going on, like blinds, you know, sort of blinders on? He's like, this is the moment I want. This is how I want to do it. But you know, he he, and he's sort of ignoring advice or or you know, sort of like ideas from the writer's room just to, you know, sort of railroad his vision through. Well, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have any insight yeah. into how the show was written. Yeah. But I think that I think that it's I think that it's obvious that there was a moment where somebody in the writer's room was like, what if she looks at him and says, make it so? Oh, make and they all so. went, yes, that's fucking yeah. amazing. No, I love it. Yeah. And Just then hearing. they have to write backwards mm. to get to that moment. You know what I mean? Like, how do you how do you get those two characters to the point where she can say that to him? And then you have to figure out, you have to write backwards to get those two characters to that scene. So, and I think that writing backwards is generally not good for television writing. Although in this moment, it's absolutely fucking great. Yeah. Cause it, the delivery is amazing. Yeah. yeah, and he looks at her and he smiles <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, right on. <laughs> and he does make it so. Like, he's yeah. figured out how to fly the ship and he fucking yep. pulls he the ship off the out, of the, out of the dirt yeah. and they fly off. I know you said Gerardi is probably going to end her time at, after this season, but I, I feel like she's really... I don't know. She's really like this, this scrappy underdog and, and, and she's gone through this crazy journey and she could have more story to be told, but I don't know. Well, Cause, cause, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, we can talk we'll about that. that. When we cool. get to the end, find out what happens. To her. But I will say this. Don't, I think Alison Pill is a fucking amazing actress. Do not tell me and she dies. I'm not going to tell you anything until we get to it, but I will say that she's an amazing actress and she yeah. absolutely, whatever my objections to the way the character is written, she's nailing mm-hmm. playing it. She's yeah. terrific. I saw her yep. on stage. I don't know if I told you guys this. I, I saw her on Broadway a couple years ago. She was in a production of Three Tall Women, the Edward Albee play, and it was, uh, it was, Glenda Douglas and Laurie Metcalf. No, Glenda Jackson and Laurie Metcalf and Allison Pill th- played the three tall women and they were spectacular. It's one of the best plays I've ever seen. Hmm. Anyway, back to the show, man. <laughs> yep. Uh, On to the board keys. Well, it's Sutra, it's Sutra and Soong and the gang. Sutra's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Sutra's, all... Sutra's standing at this point. My notes become less about scenes and more about moments because in this in this last long sequence, men they do a lot of cross cutting back and forth. Everything's just so bang, 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 bang. I'm not going to bother describing the scenes. I'm just yeah. going to go back yeah. and forth. Sutra is standing in front of. There's this console, right, that controls the beacon. And Soji is operating it 
and it's got like a yeah. hologram. She, she did. It's thing. like uh, it's like Looks a hologram like Minority Report like, type yep. thing. She's like putting things in place to activate the beacon, and, it, and simultaneously the beacon is being built. Right. And you said they're at the Borg Cube. No, no, no. They're on. No, no, no. The, they're at the. Town. I skipped ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They're at the town. Soji's gotcha. building this the thing. Yep. Sutra is standing there giving a speech to the rest of the synths, and she's like, "This is our glorious upbringing. It's about to happen." And then Doctor Soon comes in with the rest of the gang. They're pretending to have been captured, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Watch them." And then he goes over and he talks to Sutra. He's like, can I talk to you over here in the corner for a second? <laughs> and like they go over it right now. Go over. It's so large. It is very much <laughs> right. like a large. Hard object. Hard yeah. object. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly Don't what happens. Go into a corner. Really? Exactly what happens. He takes her over into the corner and he's like, look, I know you killed Saga, uh-huh. but I understand why you did it because you're afraid of what's going to happen. And she's like, well, I'm glad you understand. And he's like, yeah, it turns out you synths are just as shitty as normal people. I tried <laughs> to make you better, example. but you're not. And then he holds up a little boo, a little thingy, and he basically hard her. objects her. And, <laughs> shuts and her down. Shuts her down. I don't know if he killed her or just knocked her out, but he beeps the, he beeps the beeper and she falls over. And she's out. <laughs> classic you don't fall for that in the larp if someone's like hey someone's can we talk hey, over can here I talk, can i talk to you alone for a minute <laughs> do not follow never that. do that yeah. terrible advice <laughs> terrible at the well, last they, these they're these censored yeah. children they've never larped yeah they don't know the rules <laughs> it's like anna's friends yep. at the last larp where we just we just oh, poor andre just yeah. got yeah, just a child, just a child, a babe in the woods, yeah. <laughs> Ansel and Gretel. <laughs> yeah. So then there's a big fight scene because yeah. they soon knocks out Saga or disables Sutra or kills her or whatever, oh. and then everybody starts fighting. No. So the humans are fighting the synths. Uh, Rios has the soccer ball and he's waiting for a chance to throw the grenade but Soji is standing there at the console so he doesn't want to throw the grenade because he doesn't want to kill he doesn't want to kill Soji Mm. so then there's a scene where Jurati and Picard are back on the ship and they're flying around. They're flying towards the where they think the Romulans are going to be. And Jurati's like, what are we going to do when they get here? Like, if you have a plan, now's the time for you to tell me what the plan is. And the card says, I'm trying to fly a starship for the first time in a very long time. (laughs) So... My attention is kind of focused on not yeah. killing us right now. <laughs> and Gerardi's like, okay, good point. That's fine. <laughs> and she says, one impossible thing at a time, which is uh, something that we heard earlier in the series. 
when? one of the earlier episodes. I don't remember. That was something that Picard had said. Uh, oh. to, he had said, just do one impossible thing at a time. So that was a, that was a cute little scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back down on the planet, Rios takes the grenade out of the soccer ball. The soccer ball is somehow magic. It just kind of like deconstructs or, and then the yeah, I'm not sure how they put it together. Space but soccer yeah. ball, guys. Come on. It's a soccer ball. <laughs> but then it's got to have pointy ears nice. on it if it's a soccer yeah. ball. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Spacer ball. Space. Spock. Yeah, Spock. Mm. I like Spock. I like Spocker ball. Spocker ball he was throws, good. I liked it. He throws the grenade at the mm. console, but Soji catches, catches it. it. Oh, fucking ant. Yeah. It's ants. And she looks at it, and it's beep, beep, beeping. Oh, no. And then she, she eats throws it. it. Nope. She Damn throws it. it. <laughs> chucks it, in. She uses chucks her, it into the sky. She uses her android superpower. Ah, uh, she supermans it. throws it into space. Yeah. And it blows up harmlessly oh. into space. And they're like, oh, no. Our one chance is yeah. gone now. Boo. Mm. Meanwhile, back on the board ship, Sean, jump in if you want. Seven. Eddie. We're seven. We're seven like, coming back. Yes. I'm just like burning. Well, the board, they're on the board cube, and seven uh, is, uh, and Marissa run into each other, and they start fighting. What's Nerissa doing? Uh, she's skulking around. I can't. What was she looking for? Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay, this is why I don't let you do the recap. <laughs> Nerissa is up on the Borg cube. It, not up on the Borg cube. Down on the planet, but inside the Borg cube. And she's bringing the weapons online to shoot Picard out of the sky. She's targeting the La Serena. Yeah. And wait, 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 getting... but, but 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 where's the power for the Borg cube coming from? Well, she's way back in the in the first scene. Narek says to Narissa, get the weapons online. I'm going to go talk to the humans. Yeah. You have to get the Borg weapons online. So presumably that's what she's been doing this whole time. OK, OK. Even the though the space are... flowers sucked out all the energy. Yeah, but the board cube, like seven, seven got and, some uh, Elnor and seven have been working on it. Mm-hmm. They've last, got it. They got the little week. nanobots rebuilding it. Gotcha. That That's all been going on this whole time. Okay. Makes it doesn't really matter, but this, I kind of forgive this because mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. But she's got a lock on Picard and Gerardi up in the La Serena. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to blow those fuckers out of the sky. But before she can, Seven comes in. Seven like points her phaser. Stand off. And she makes Narissa throw her own phaser over the side of the they're on the edge of a cliff because they're always on the very they're a star it's very Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Very Shavon loves Star Wars. Oh, open cliffs, you know. There's no railings. Yeah. OSHA violations. No, no railings everywhere. The HR department is horrible. <laughs> yeah. 
she's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And Narissa is like, I'm gonna more weapons though. Yeah, Narissa's got more weapons. Well, Seven, to her credit, uh, when she throws the phaser over the side, Narissa's like, I don't know, I don't have any more weapons. And Seven's like, fuck, yes, you do. Yeah. And she like pulls all of these knives off of her. Because she's like, I know what your deal is. But at the same time, this is another moment where the writers are just, we want to see a big fight. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. make Seven stupid for 30. <laughs> yeah, like, why doesn't <laughs> she just shoot her world. with the blaster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Indiana just, Jones. Just fucking shoot her, yeah, Indiana exactly. Jones style. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. Instead, she gets close enough that Narissa is able to uh, knock the phaser out of yeah. Seven's hand. And then it turns into a big fist fight, which is dumb. Fight. It's a good fight. It's fine. It's just dumb. Haven't you ever like faced yeah. off against someone and you're like, no, nah, let's let's do this like real style. And then maybe yeah. that's what Seven I think was. If I, I, no. if I was in that situation, I would just shoot, <laughs> shoot, the shoot. person who was shoot. trying to kill me. Kill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You don't stand your ground by throwing your gun away. If a person who I knew a hundred percent wanted to kill me was coming at me, I would shoot them. I wouldn't get close enough that they could. Maybe I wouldn't shoot them, but maybe I would like stay. Yeah, stay away. Far enough away that I could wait for the authorities to arrive or something. I certainly wouldn't get within arm's reach <laughs> of that person. That's fucking crazy. But Seven, who is ordinarily a very smart Experience person. Experienced and seasoned warrior. It's a completely dumb yeah. thing because the writers need her to do it yeah. so that they, they can have this fight. fight. And Chick so fight. they have a big fight. And eventually, Seven... Uh, manages to overwhelm. Yes. So there's this moment where Narissa is like, why didn't you just kill yourself when you had the chance? Seven's like, I wanted to stay alive so I could do this. And then she kicks Narissa off she the edge. She kicks the, her. Oh, damn. And she goes, this is for Hugh. And then Narissa like, falls off Marissa the side of the falls. Emperor style. Ah, Emperor Palpatine style. Down. Oh, Emperor Palpatine. I, I didn't get that reference. I never saw. I don't Death think I saw that. Hmm. You never saw. Yeah. The... Oh, no, I didn't see return. Did he kick him off the cliff? Is that yeah. How? Darth he Vader throws him off the edge of the oh. cliff at the end of the movie. That's how Darth Vader redeems himself. Yeah, I, 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 no, I don't remember that part. Hmm. Wow. But I did watch that Return is of one the of Jedi. The most I, yeah, I know, right? I know. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird thing to not remember. I know. I know. It's weird. <laughs> it's one thing to not have seen the movie. Return but of the Jedi. Seen it, is, that, is that on the planet Hoth, the Tauntaun? No, that's the, uh, no, that's it's the one with the second Empire Strikes Star. Oh. Ewoks. Ewoks. Okay. Yes, well, I remember Ewoks. the Ewoks. The fucking cute e- ass Ewoks there. This is why I want to do this podcast <laughs> where I make first, you first timers movies. What was it? First time watcher. First timers. 
Yeah, because first time watchers. You even movies you've seen, (laughs) you don't, you can't describe correctly. (laughs) Yeah, true. Granted, granted. God only knows what you'll say about movies you haven't seen. Well, let me let me uh, get my my bearings with uh, Strato. We're we're not quite uh, on a like we haven't quite got our rhythm yet, and our technology isn't you know totally solid. So I just want you to know I'm gonna okay. keep bringing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's every time you say something, I'm like, yep, <laughs> that should be a podcast. But it can't just be you and I. I I yes, it should be just you and I. Wow, wow, that's. That feels intimate. We can have guests, maybe, but yeah. I think the main, I think the main duo is you and me. What I love if the about- main duo of Warped is me and Sean. Yeah, and we have other people on. I think yeah. the main duo of First Timers Club is you and me. Man, that, that makes me so nervous. Uh, when I when I Good. do the, I want oh, you cool. nervous. <laughs> I want you nervous. I want you unhappy. I want oh. you. Unclear. <laughs> I'm definitely unclear. Uh, I don't like being unhappy. I prefer happy, well, nervous. No. Unhappy yeah. is not the right word. Yeah. I want you a little uncomfortable. I like, I like it when you have to dance. Yeah. I want you to dance like a monkey for me. <laughs> I want to record it. Well, you know, I, I just got to stretch beforehand. So. <clears throat> All right, we'll we'll see about that. Back to Picard one more time. Nerissa's dead. Uh, Nerissa is dead. Is the Seven only important Nerissa. part of that. Sequence. Thank God. The Romulans arrive. Mm. Two hundred and eighteen warbirds. So they all go. <laughs> they all show up in outer space, like yeah. out of warp. And it's very impressive. They clearly spent a lot of money on this episode. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking special effects. In this they didn't episode. reuse this from earlier episodes, did they? No, <laughs> they did not. Just for this. It's not like reusing footage from <laughs> the motion picture. Yeah. Star Trek. Too. They've got more money now. So the Romulans all show up, and they're and then. They they're like the play the space orchids. orchids. Oh, the, the play the orchids. orchids. <laughs> the space orchids started so course, start yeah. going up. So into Picard, the space. Picard, and Gerardi are all by themselves, right up in mm-hmm. space. Everything else is happening down on the planet, but they launched the space orchids. So Gerardi's like, "Here come the orchids," and Picard's like, "Well, let's see how long this buys us." They're trying to buy time because they're hoping that the Federation is coming. So they're trying to come up with all of these excuses to, like, distract the Romulans because they're hoping Starfleet's going to show up. Mm. So the orchids come and... But they only have 10 orchids and they're 218 Romulan warbirds. Yes, exactly so. (laughs) So there's a big fight scene where you see the the orchids... And the Romulans fight. Romulan ships are and, shooting at the orchids. And, right. And the orchids are like eating Romulan ships. And Picard is trying to like stay out of the way. So you he's you see his ship sort of zipping yeah. in and out. Yeah. And it's not going well. And they're like, well, we don't have enough orchids for all of these <clears throat> ships. Duh. 
and Gerardi is like, what are we going to do? Picard's like, I don't know. She's <laughs> like, you should invent. She's like, you should come up with an idea. They'll name it after. They'll call it the Picard. The Kobayashi Maru. Yes. No, they'll call it the Picard yeah. Maneuver. Yeah. Which I don't know if you know this, man, but the, the Picard Maneuver is a thing no, from the old next generation. So no, she yeah. so she goes, they'll call wait, it the Picard Maneuver. And then she goes, maneuver. wait, that is a thing. <laughs> the Picard Maneuver is a thing. And he's like, and she's like, that's a thing you did with the Enterprise. And he's like, no, it was the Stargazer, and it was a long time ago, and it's not going to work. So, quick backstory, man. <laughs> well, it's yeah, like, it was I don't know the Picard maneuver. But basically, so he made the ship look like there were two Go ships. Go ahead, Sean. Right? I mean, isn't that essentially what he did? Made the ship look yeah. like two ships. So there's... Yeah. We will see an episode of The Next Generation, man. In not too long a time. I don't know if it's in the first season, but it's in the first couple. Oh, uh, where we learn that on Picard's previous ship, the Stargazer, he yep. was in a fight with another cool. and he was they were losing. And in order to save the ship, he invented this maneuver where they jumped into warps for like half a second. Uh, and because warp speed is faster than light, it briefly gave the impression that there were two ships. Uh, he like mirrored himself, sort of. Yes. Right. Because he jumped faster than light. Mm -hmm. So for a brief moment, the enemy saw two ship oh, one is sure and one is the ship that is jumped in okay so instead so, of 218 versus one it's 218 versus two well but that and that's what picard says picard says this the maneuver wouldn't do any good now because there's 200 of them mm -hmm. and then gerardi goes well what if we could make 218 illusions and what do you think she grabs at that moment? Oh, uh, the goober. The goober. Wow. Wow. Which just conveniently <laughs> happens to be sitting there on the uh, console. Yeah. Even though the last time we saw it, it was down in the engine room. Mm -hmm. But now it's here on the console. Why? Doesn't matter. The captain Don't is ask. playing with it. <clears throat> I wrote the word lazy next to <laughs> my notes for this. Thing. Well, you don't want to have to see them go down and get it and come back. She yeah, grabs the goop and <laughs> yeah. she's like, I can use this thing, even though I don't know what it is uh -huh. or how it works. Because I wasn't in that scene where they were, where it was described earlier. Right. <laughs> she just grabs it and she's like, I know how this works and I can use it to create the illusion that we have a million ships. Uh, blah. What is blah. the temptation to, to use that to like do a little self-pleasure? I'm just asking for the audience, I think. You links? <laughs> high. The, the temptation is high. We, we move on. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> 
anyways. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Come yeah, on. I, I'm I'm the id. Okay, I'm the id of the operation here. You're uh, you're you're super I've ego. In, I've been in confinement <laughs> for going on two weeks oh, now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. If you think my sex drive is not like raging. I feel I feel like you actually. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh got two guys going through yeah. Far now. It's weird though because like, I'll have a little Ponfari. I'll have I'll have day I'll have nights where I'm just I'm just a little upset and I can't like you know I can't touch myself and uh, and so sometimes it builds up a, a little bit more. Recently, just sorry I shared that with you yeah but you had no excuse prior to the lockdown Mm. you you have no excuse my problem is i'm locked down (laughs) i don't care so much about your problems because your problem precedes the issue yeah and they're they're self they're self-imposed Really, they're self-imposed. Mm-hmm. You'll get no sympathy from me, sir. <laughs> I'm the victim here. <laughs> yes, I don't disagree. <laughs> Picard's like, I need to talk to Soji. He calls Soji. Soji, he's like, What do you want? And he's like, I have something to offer you. Oh, in order of, for you not to do this thing. The goober. He's like, What do you have to offer? And he's like, I will offer you. My life. Uh, what? And what? Oh, but the golem. You had predicted this. All right. Well, don't skip ahead, but you're I... on the right track. <laughs> cool. So they do the thing with the fake ship distraction. Gerardi puts the yeah. thing above. They make it look like uh, hundreds of La Serenas just blasted out of, out of warp drive. <sighs> but it only works for like five seconds. <laughs> It works for a second, and uh-huh. then they they shoot Picard's actual ship, <laughs> and it makes all of the fake ships it's like that. That's another blue balls right there. Yeah, Commander Commodore O, who's on the sort of head Romulan warbird. Uh huh. She's like, <laughs> and I just thought this line was funny. She says, "Launch planetary." destruction plan number five and i'm just like she has five different plans she has a, she's, she's on it five yeah that's why see, she's a commodore how to wipe out a planet like i love it you would think you would only need one but no she's got five different ways did you see avatar well, you gotta have backups you know the, the 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 leader of the forces in avatar that dude was a badass he had like more than five backup plans for sure he was scary as shit that guy's great yeah he's so, so good bad, the bad amazing guy avatar is terrific yep that's Indeed. a great performance mm-hmm. uh so they then picard gets sick Picard is like he's had this brain thing his, this whole yeah, time. His right? brain thing acts up. His brain thing acts up, and he's all like, "Oh, my head!" He like grabs his head, and he's like, "Oh no, my head!" Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, down on the planet, Soji activates the portal. So you see this thing sort of shoot up into space, and it opens a big hole. In space. It opens a wormhole. Something's going to come out of that big hole. Something bad's coming. We don't want to know what that is. 
And then the Romulans are like, we're ready to we're ready to blow up the planet. And Commodore O is about to say, blow up the planet. But before she can, guess what happens, man? I don't know. I'm still thinking about the thing shooting up into space. And that just sounds so lazy to me. Like, oh, a beam shoots into space. Sorry. Uh, what happens? I, I can't guess. I'm, I'm stuck on this moment. How do they get out of Starfleet? Oh, ships. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. Starfleet comes. The cavalry. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thanks. The cavalry arrives. Ugh. And it's a bunch, a fuck ton of starships. Starfleet starships. Yeah. So, and they all vaguely look like the Enterprise. They've got the classic sort of shape. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. turns out that the main one is captained by, guess who, man? <sighs> I was going to say Vandermeer, but he's dead. Uh, the, the woman that uh, Picard. Um, eh, no, guess again. No. Somebody <laughs> with a more personal relationship uh, to Picard. Uh, yeah, Riker. Riker. Oh, Riker. Nice. Captain William Riker. Oh, yes. Badass. Riker is commanding the fleet that okay. has come to save the day. Because he got, I don't know if you remember this, man, but back in Nepenthe, mm-hmm. he said to Picard, I'm still an, a reserve member mm-hmm. of the reserves. Which was a hint that mm-hmm. something like this maybe was going to happen. Yeah. Nice. So anyway, Riker shows up and he's got all these ships and he calls the Romulan Commodore O and he's like, look. Is it action battle or is it going to be diplomacy truce? Uh, What do you think? I I think diplomacy truce, but the action battle would be so cool. So I don't know. I'm split. So Riker says to her, look, this planet is under... Federation protection starting now. And if you want to have a fight, I've got the best ship they in the hit ever built in the history of Star Trek. Do they show what ship he's flying? Yeah, it's a bunch of Enterprise looking oh. ships. Okay. And he's like, I've got the best ship Starfleet ever built, and I've got 300 more of them, and they're all right here behind me. So if you want to have a fight, I would love to have a fight with you, <laughs> but I will give you one something chance. about, I'd love to blow your Tjalshar ass out of the sky. Yeah, he's like, I would, I would love an excuse to blow you out of the sky. Mm. So make a decision. <laughs> do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah, do you? That's basically <laughs> what he says. And then Commodore Oros, oh, is like, prepare to fight. And all of the ships like start Warming up, yeah. like oh, but then, them. but then the uh, turning on the weapons come in. They all get warmed up, mm-hmm. and Rikers, Rikers, like, here we go, red alert, arm weapons, mm-hmm. turn on all the phasers and shit, because it's about to go down with the Romulans. Mm-hmm. Blue balls, come on. Meanwhile, back on La Serena, Patrick Stewart is dying. He's all clutching his head and like Not being Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart's still alive, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. JL. <laughs> you leave Patrick Stewart alone. Leave poor Patrick Don't Stewart alone. Patrick God Stewart. damn it. He's <laughs> uh, dying. He's like, he tells Gerardi, give me a shot. He's like, oh, give me a shot oh, of uh, medicine. Oh, oh and my she's God. Like, 
No, not like booze. Like, yeah. Give me a, a medicine shot. Okay. And he's like, it won't, it, it's, it won't cure me, but it'll make me okay for the next like five minutes. Mm. So she does. She doesn't want to, but she does. Well, because she knows it's good. He says, I know it's just going to hasten the, the inevitable. It's going to make it worse, but it'll make it so I can I'll, do this. I'll be better for a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Right. And then he's like, I need to talk to Soji, and I need to talk on an open channel so that everybody can hear me. The Romulans can hear me. Riker and the Federation can hear me. And the I, need everybody, I need everybody to hear this conversation. So he calls Soji. And this is the one time in like 10 episodes where Picard makes a speech and it actually works. I feel like they were waiting for this moment to give him because usually he gives a speech and everyone's like, eh, yeah. fuck that. Oh, and we don't like it. Mm-hmm. This time he gives a speech and it actually works because he calls Soji and he's like, look, I saved your life because I knew that when the moment came, you would make the right choice and you would save our lives, meaning all of humanity's lives, too. He's like, don't let them be right. Don't let them be right that you're the destroyer. You can, you can prove that they were wrong all along. And we're here to save each other. And it works. And so she destroys... Down the beacon. She, just, she slams her fist down, and she has superpowers, so and she destroys breaks the it. beacon. She destroys the transmitter. And the beacon turns off, and you see these kind of matrixy looking centipedes. They look like uh, giant robot centipedes. Yeah, tentacle kind of things coming out of the warp hole. But once she slams the thing, they get sucked back into the into the hole and they vanish. Mm. So it's all been it's all been a big hoo ha. It's all been a big hoo-ha. Right? And then the Romulans, who are like, we're about to get into a big, huge fight, just give up and go home. Yeah. Doesn't make, I wrote why in big letters next to this, because I didn't understand why they just gave up. Because they still want to Well, because it was the power of William Riker. Hello. Yeah, but he's they, such an intimidating figure. Well, Hello, <laughs> just big dick Riker in. <laughs> That's like, right. He swung his leg over the chair and he yeah. spooked them all out. That's that right. Leg. Big BDR man, big dick Riker. <laughs> big dick Riker. Who could resist? I mean, I mean, when you can put your foot up on. Data's console and just be like, tell me what's going on. Have you tasted his pizza? Mm. Ah, chef's kiss. He's about to make a joke about the pizza, actually. Oh, awesome. So the Romulans just give up at that point and they're like, well, I guess we'll go home. And Riker's like, we'll fly you back to your own escort. We're going to give you a little escort. And they're like, you don't have to. And Riker's like, we're going to. But before he goes, he calls Picard and they have a great little scene where Riker's like, 
what was I going to do? Stay home and cook pizza when you were he out said, here? Yeah, he said, uh, all just fun? because I said I wasn't going to talk you out of it doesn't mean I was going to let you have all the fun. Uh, sweet. They have a great little, it's a great scene. This is an A scene. This is an A plus scene. <laughs> well, and I say, I mean, I, I knew he was coming because I saw his name in the in the credits. Yeah, and I figured, oh, he's gonna he's gonna show up with Starfleet with the crew. It still made me just smile when mm-hmm. when he showed up and was like, you know, he's in the chair, and I was like, oh yeah, badass, <laughs> kick some ass, Riker. I'm sure he had a lot of fun with it too. Yeah, uh, I I think that Jonathan Frakes is one of those people who really loves being yeah. Jonathan Frakes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In the way that like Bill Murray clearly mm-hmm. loves being Bill Murray and mm-hmm. and everything that Jeff goes along Goldblum. with that. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum loves being Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I think that yeah. William Frakes, I think he just loves or Jonathan Frakes loves being Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. You can tell he got a real kick out of <laughs> coming back and playing Riker. To play this, yeah. So they I have assume, this great little moment. Go I ahead, assume man. Troy was uh, back home with the uh, with the kid. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. She's she's retired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She said to write. She said to Picard yeah. that she didn't want to go out into space anymore. Mm-hmm. So Riker and Picard have this moment where they talk to each other, and Riker's Picard says, uh, "Thank you," and Riker says. I learned from the best. <laughs> oh, it was a great, so scene. sweet. Yeah, it's well, very sweet. That was the cry moment for me. Oh, wow, nice. The cry moments come fast and loose now for Sean. For <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the episode. It's getting so then, the Riker flies away, and then Picard, who has been hiding that he's sick, right? So he has this conversation with Riker and then Riker flies off and then Picard says adieu and then he starts having a seizure and he falls over and he's on the ground. Gerardi is like trying to take care of him, but she doesn't know what to do. She's like, I'll beam you down here. Soji beams them down to the planet and they all come and stand around Picard who is dying on the ground. So Rafi and Rios and Elnor, they all come and sort of crowd around him. Mm-hmm. And Picard gets to sort of say goodbye. So he he says goodbye to Soji, and he says, I gave you a choice of to, whether or not to do the right thing, and you made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Elnor, he sees Elnor. Oh, I loved when he saw Elnor. I love Elnor so much. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he saw Elnor and he's like, Elnor. And Elnor comes and sort of like crouches down next to him. Picard puts his face, his hand up next to Elnor's face. It's yeah. so sweet. And then Rafi, Rafi is sort of like holding him in her lap. And he looks at Rafi and he's like, Rafi, you were right. And he's like, and she's like, right about what, JL? And before he can answer, he dies. Hmm. Did this moment hit you guys hard or were you okay with it because of the thought that he will come, he could come back in the golem? I did not. This episode did not make me uh, 
weepy. Mm. I thought it was very that, that sweet. Part, it, this that scene part, was I very saw well that. done. I mean, it was pretty obvious it was coming. Mm. The next couple of scenes, not this one, not the next one, but the one where, uh, well, first they show uh, Rios and uh, Seven have a little yes. moment together. And Re- Seven's, <laughs> Rios is like, I said I would never do this again, and and she's like, "Do what?" And he's like, "He's like, well, you wouldn't understand." He goes, "No, I understand because I said I would never." Oh, what did she say? I don't remember. Fuck, you'll remember. You wrote it down, right? They're sitting uh, there, Seven and Rios. Picard has died. Seven and Rios are sitting there, and they're getting drunk. And Seven's like, "I swore I would never do this again." Rios is like, "I swore I would never do this again." And they're they're both like, well, what are you talking about? Seven's like, I swore I would never kill someone just because I thought they shouldn't be alive anymore. She's talking about killing uh, killing Nerissa. Nerissa. She didn't. Rios and Rios is like, Rios is like, I swore I would never let an old Starfleet captain uh, get into my heart again. Hmm. And they're both like, no. We're sad. This is this. See, these two scenes are all just about everybody being sad. Because hmm. then we see Eleanor and Raffi, and Eleanor comes over and sits down next to Raffi and just starts crying. Yeah, this, poor, this scene Eleanor, was awesome. Poor sweet Eleanor. This scene was awesome. Crying, and Raffi he just starts bawling, and, and Raffi's crying, and it's just they didn't need to say anything. They just cry and it's yeah there's like I no was, I was I, that was cry number two for me i wrote in my notes sad elnor makes me sad yeah yeah that was what it was elnor he was just so sad it was yeah. like oh more not elnor he's such a such a sweet boy you don't want to see him sad. Yeah. yeah you know normally i would be a little uh stoic about it and i'd be like ah well you know he's coming back as a golem but uh just with the the current times and and me thinking about uh the the frailty of my parents and you know the possibility of losing them i i i can i can totally emotionally relate to that so i think i'm a little more sensitive to that right now so it sounds like it was a sweet sweet moment yeah, yes. it was. Yeah. From here to the end, this episode is terrific. Mm. From yeah. from sort of Picard dying till the end, this is a great episode. Because now what happens, men, is that we see Picard, and he's sitting in sort of a living room. There's a fireplace, and he's sitting in a chair, sort of a comfortable chair. It's not and the French vineyard again. It's not the French no. vineyard. Okay. And then we hear Data, Data's voice. Oh. And we get this scene between Picard and Data. And basically, yeah. this whole scene is happening in the Matrix. Mm. Because yes. what Data, and we see Brent Spiner as Data. And this is my second prediction that came true. Because when we were talking last week, well, this wasn't really a prediction, but when we were talking last week, Min, you asked if it was cool to see Brent Spiner back mm-hmm. again as Dr. Soon. And I said, yeah, it was fine, but it would be better to see him back Data. as Data. Mm-hmm. And here Data, we are yeah. seeing him as Data. 
and yeah and they have this long scene where they're talking to each other and data is explaining to picard that before data died his like memories he downloaded his memories into b4 his like earlier version Mm -hmm. and they took those memories out of b4 and basically put them into a computer so data has been sort of living in this simulation all of this time it's basically the matrix and so they have this very sweet long it's a long scene where the two of them are just yeah. talking and the nature of life and right. what it means to be alive and cards like am i dead like and data's like yes you're dead yep do you remember dying and picard's like yes i do remember dying data's like i don't remember dying because my memories were uploaded into mm. before before i died so i don't have any memory of dying but i understand that i sacrificed myself to save you and picard's like yeah you did and that was the most da- he says that's the most data thing you ever did which is really sweet yeah and card says i wish that i had i wish that it had been me instead of you and data says do you regret sacrificing yourself to save soji and the sims and picard says no i don't regret that at all and data says well then why do you think i would regret sacrificing myself to save you save you mm-hmm. cry picard, number three Picard's like oh you have a good point this is a beautiful this is this scene redeems this entire thing like yeah, yeah, yeah. not just this episode but the entire series mm-hmm. like I'm happy that this entire series exists just so that we get this scene between these two people. It's almost like they wrote back from this very moment. Yeah, it might be. It might be like we have to give Picard and Data a scene where they tell each other how much they love each other. How do we get there? Mm -hmm. Because then Picard says, I'm really sorry. He's like, my one regret is that I don't, I regret that I never told you that I loved you. And Data says, well, according to my memories, <laughs> I knew that you loved me. <laughs> and I hope that that, I hope that that gives you some comfort. And Picard's like, it does. Thank you. Like Data knew all along that how Picard felt about him. So mm-hmm. it didn't matter that he never had said it before. And then Data says, look, you have to go. Picard's like, what do you mean? He's like, you're not done yet, but I need you to do something for me. I want you to, when you get back out of here, I need you to, I want you to turn me off. I want you to turn off this simulation that I've been living in all yeah. these years. Wow. Picard's like, you want to die? Okay. And Picard's like, yeah. And Data's like, yeah, life only means something if it, if it comes to an end, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, I'm ready. All the things that are good about life, peace and love and friendship, they don't they only mean they they mean so much more because life ends and so you have to 
cherish those things while you're alive. And knowing that I'll never die means, you know, makes those things less important to me. Yeah. So I would like to die, essentially, so, is what he said. So there's a, a, a redeeming quality to, to mortality, to, to, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then Data opens up his hand and he's got one of the butterflies in it. And the butterfly sort of flutters away and Data, and Data says, a butterfly that lives forever isn't really a butterfly at all. And they have, the, it's, it's a really, we've sort of skimmed past it because we've been talking for two and a half hours, but it, this is the scene of this whole show is the two of them yeah. having this conversation. Mm. It's really great. Picard says, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. And then he walks into the light, you know, sort of classic walking into the light scene. And he turns around and he looks at Brent Spiner and he says, goodbye, Commander. Brent Spiner looks back at Patrick Picard and says, goodbye, Captain. Captain. And then Patrick Stewart walks into the light. And that was the end. Up. Oh, no, I was trying to pull a fast one on men. No. <laughs> oh, no, I, that I, was uh, the end of the episode, men. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not, but it's... Uh, it was... It, it is um, just, uh, it's, I don't know, it's uh, like interesting with the time nowadays, you know, because uh, I don't know, it's, it's about like, uh, for me, that, that, sorry, I suppose that touches because of just this moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, and it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's sort of like uh, sometimes you might not be uh, so accustomed or ready to to say to the ones that you love that you do love them and that you do care about them. But uh, I don't know. I just have this this episode and this moment right now. It's it's uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, um, personal for me, I suppose, because I don't necessarily have a, a, a super close relationship with my parents. Uh, you know, I, of course, I love them dearly, and uh, I, 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 uh, it, I've, like I said earlier, I haven't really lost anyone close in my life. So, um, just uh, thinking about the possibility of of losing and, and loss is, um. Oh, it's 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 uh it's a bit much it's it's emotional you know but but then it also tells me that um uh i i should you know just just uh share my emotions and share my thoughts with my parents a little more which i don't normally do you know but uh these are strange times and so i should be more open to just um, I don't know, sharing that with them rather than being uh, traditionally, I don't know, Asian and traditionally a little more reserved on that front. But um, that was yeah. Um, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. We're because of all everything that's going on. If there's a if there's a good part to this, mm. hopefully it's that it encourages people to like tell their loved ones how much they love them you know like my grandmother died my grandmother died a few days ago and luckily i you know i told i told her all the time Mm -hmm. that i loved her and she told me all the time that i that she loved me so i didn't feel bad in that sense because Mm -hmm. i know that 
I know how she felt about me and she knew uh, how I felt about her. So I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any regrets in the sense of I didn't get to tell her how I felt. She knew Mm -hmm. how I felt. I felt bad that I wasn't able to be there because of the circumstances of everything that's going on. Yeah. I couldn't go and visit her, you know. She was in the hospital. Well, she was in her nursing home, which was in lockdown. And then she, when she got sick, she went to the hospital. She did not die of coronavirus. She just yeah. died of being 99 years old. But yeah, sure. She, but, but nevertheless, they wouldn't let you in to see her because they didn't want to risk infecting other people, mm-hmm. which is fine. Everybody understands that that's why it has to be. But it was sad that I couldn't go see her. And also that my father, his, you know, his mother, mother he couldn't yeah. go. He couldn't go see her until the day, you know, the day before she died, they called her. They called him, my parents, from the hospital and said, we think she's dying. So you better come. Mm-hmm. So apparently they're making exceptions for people who are literally about to die. They're yeah. letting people come in so that they can say goodbye. Yeah. But other than that, they're not letting people in at all, which mm-hmm. which I have to assume makes it even worse for yeah. the people who are in the hospital because You're alone just, on, and- just on an emotional, mental level, yeah. not being, sure. being able to have your family around you when you're <laughs> sick. And then when they do show it's, up, like, it's because you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's because you're about to die. If they do show up, that's a very bad sign. <laughs> yeah. Bad sign. Well, uh, I I am around my parents, so I I think uh, I'm I'm I'll try to buck my green blooded Vulcan ways, my <laughs> my rational logical ways, and uh, express to my parents how much I, they mean to me um, before anything. Um, yeah, anything goes any other way so um that that was a beautiful moment actually so then picard wakes up in guess what men flashback no no, no, the, no. oh the gollum sorry you whenever you guys ask me the answer has always been flashback or a dream although so. i forgot to mention it but there when picard first wakes up in the scene with data when he's uh, sitting in the living room he says another dream and I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm just like yeah me yeah i feel like you do patrick <laughs> another fucking dream scene <laughs> that's a good line <laughs> Yes, Picard wakes up in the golem, just mm. as I predicted. Yay. This is three of my correct yep. predictions. I was like, the whole time, I was like, Matt nailed that one. Mm-hmm. Called that one spot on. You don't introduce a empty body just waiting for a brain <laughs> without putting a brain into it. Yep. So Picard wakes up, and they've they've downloaded his memories and his his brain engrams or whatever, and they've plugged them into the golem. Two questions. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll get to them. How does he feel about being a golem body? And then two, does the golem body give him special abilities? Like, is he like a, a super bionic man now? He is not. No. So in both of they those questions specific are about to be answered. Yeah. Cool. He wakes up and he's like, huh, 
I'm alive again. And then there's a scene where they're all sitting around the table and it's him and Gerardi and Dr. Soong and uh, Sochi. And basically, long story short, because this episode is three hours long now, <laughs> long story short, they've made him, he's synthetic, but they made him basically exactly human. So yes. he looks like Patrick Stewart. He does not have super. He won't power. live forever. Dr. Gerardi says, We didn't give you we didn't give you any superpowers. <laughs> Dr. Soong says to him, We knew you wouldn't want to be like different from how you are. So, <laughs> so we made you the same age that you were before you died. And well, we because and things we, have to die. And we mm-hmm. built in we built in cellular decay. Okay. So you will continue to age mm. just as you You'll would. basically die. The same yeah. time you would have died had you not had your brain problem. And and then Patrick Stewart's like, you could have given me 10 extra years. <laughs> More years. 20, maybe. 20 maybe. <laughs> they just all look That's at him. Oh, like Hugh funny. Jackman's body? I, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Picard's like, you couldn't have made me a little better than I was. <laughs> right. They were but basically, with he's, exactly, he's exactly the same, except he doesn't have the brain thing. Mm. anymore i was gonna say they didn't do all of that just to get rid of the brain thing they did that also to have the moment with data right yes i think that's probably fair enough but you could have figured out another way to do that without you know he could have been shot and had the exact same moment (laughs) of death yeah so then Picard's like, okay, well, I guess I'm a synthetic android now, but that's cool. Uh, you know. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I, everybody, who hasn't woken up from death <laughs> in, in a synthetic body that looks exactly like your old body? I mean, that happens all the time. So then he's like, I've got one more thing I have to do. Oh. And it's, we have to turn off data. He's like, I promised data that I would turn off his, you know, fantasy matrix thingy because he decided because he wants to die. So there's this great scene again, Patrick Stewart acting the hell out of uh, every such a moment. Great, just great moment. Just great. And it's uh blue skies is playing. Right. Mm-hmm. So you see data in his like living room setting and he puts on a record and it's blue mm-hmm. sky. And he's sitting he's there listening, a, like, a, like a smoking jacket on. Because in the yeah. in the scene with uh, Picard, they were both wearing their uh, their Starfleet, Starfleet uniforms. He's wearing the outfit he wears in the future in uh, the last episode of Next Generation. Remember when he's in the future in in uh, uh, All Good Things, John. where old. Old Picard goes to see Data, and Picard, and Data is teaching at Oxford. He's wearing Sean. a smoking jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Picard's kind of giving a eulogy. They're standing in front of the like computer thing where Data's consciousness is being held, and Data Picard gives a eulogy, and he says Data always wanted to be human, even though he knew that we were imperfect and. 
sometimes flawed and sometimes we did terrible things to each other. He still he still wanted to be uh, human and he starts pulling out the like chips. There's like three chips and he starts mm. pulling them out one at a time. And each time he pulls one out, you see data in the matrix getting like older so he's like he starts to get these like old man uh lines in his face and then you see patrick stewart in the matrix sort of lean over and take data's hand as data data's lying on a couch and he's sort of dying and patrick stewart's holding his hand and then patrick stewart does a he gives a speech from the tempest it's not what dreams may come fuck what is that speech (laughs) come on you know this play yeah, I, I did play Caliban, but uh, dude, you know my memory. Oh, it's what it's what dreams are. It's what we are. Such stuff as dreams are made of. Hmm. It's that speech. So John Luke gives a speech from the Tempest where he he says, "We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with sleep." And then they pull the they pull the final chip out of the computer. And then you see in the Matrix, you see Jean-Luc and Data sort of dissolve into dust. dust. And they sort of dissolve into the universe. And you see like a scene of outer space. And you see that their dust is sort of like dissolved into outer space. It's, it's almost lovely. like Carl Sagan and his, uh, his whole speech about we are such stuff as stardust are made of. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's great. It's these are the moments that make you go, oh, I'm glad that they did. I'm glad the show exists. Yeah, exactly. It was a really lovely moment. And it's interesting because they almost had like two goodbyes then. Right. Like uh, the ones sort of they needed because Picard never got to say goodbye to Data Mm. when Data died. They needed that scene where. Picard and Data got to say goodbye to each other because they never got that. And then the death. Yeah. It's so it's the goodbye and then the eulogy. Yeah. And then we're back on La Serena. The story has come to an end. It's time for the epilogue. We see Rios sitting in the captain's chair. Gerardi is standing next to him. She gives him a kiss. We see that they're still, they seem like they're still a, a couple because they hooked up men together mm-hmm. several episodes ago yeah even though gerardi is still a murderer and i so far right. not punished for her crime like i don't know if they're going to deal with that next season or what but they kind of forgot about the fact that she murdered bruce maddox like because everyone seems fine yeah. with her now <laughs> everyone seems just like well okay priorities the, the uh, organic like, life was, was at stake yeah but that doesn't really excuse like murdering somebody <laughs> do you remember Probably when uh <laughs> when philippe was talking about like it's so great when you come home and you've done something bad but then something even worse has happened and right. your bad thing isn't so bad and that's yeah. nice you're like I got into a car crash, but yeah. then it was 9 11. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or grandma died or something, you know. But anyway, we everyone seems to be fine with Dr. Girardi now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we see Ryus and Girardi. Then we see uh, Rafi and Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And apparently, Rafi and Seven of Nine are lesbian lovers now. Yeah, they're lesbian lovers because they had cold hands. There's like Whoa. a scene where they're like holding hands with each other. Whoa. And it's just like we we kind of knew that Seven. Yeah. Right. Maybe the because of the Jazel, there was yeah, a hint lovers. that Seven maybe was bisexual. Because yeah. on Voyager, Seven is Seven is straight. On, on Voyager. She has romances with male characters on Voyager. So I'm assuming that her character is supposed to be sort of bisexual. And we also know that Rafi has a son and right. was married to a man previously. Some point in time she was with a man, yeah. So I guess we're supposed to believe that they are both a bisexual, which mm. is great. Bisexual representation. Yeah. Um, so they're a couple now. And then Picard walks onto the bridge and he's like, it's time to go. And so everyone climbs up onto the bridge and they all sit down in their seats and Elnor is there and Soji is there. Picard talks to Soji and he's like, you fought so hard to get back to your home. You could, you could stay here on your home. Why are you coming with us? And Soji's like, well, I kind of feel like maybe I'm meant to be more of a traveler. And Picard's like, me too. <laughs> She says, now that since are like, allowed, I can do that. The ban has been lifted. What? So now, the ban's been lifted? That's yeah, convenient. Yep. Because Card's speech, I knew this was going to happen. I said this way back in like episode one or two. Mm. I said, at the end of this ep- at the end of this whole thing, Picard is going to convince the Federation that their it thing the was the mistake and that yeah. they were wrong all along. Yeah. And sure enough, that's exactly what his speech at the end convinced the Federation to do. Review so they've case. lifted ban on sense. So he's like, well, now I can go anywhere I want. And Picard's like, so can I. And then we get a great shot, a, like a great wide angle shot of all of them mm. on the bridge in their station. Sort the of a classic, a classic Star Trek shot. I literally, Sean, wrote the new crew. Yeah, I started in my head. I started going. He's got his Riker, and he's got his Wharf. Who's sitting in the captain's chair? Is it Rios? uh, Oh, Rios. Rios. No, Rios is the captain, but Riker is standing like Picard is standing right behind him. Okay, and then Rafi and Seven are sitting in the two like front seats, Mm. and then Sochi and and Elnor and are behind. Yeah, yeah. Soji and Elnor and uh, Gerardi, they're all, and they're all sort of like sitting in chairs around. So there's this great shot where they're all sitting around, and Rios is sitting in the captain's chair, and he looks up at Picard, and he goes, "Ready, Admiral?" And every and you get quick shots of everyone all kind of looking. looking. Mm-hmm. They all kind of look up, glance over at Picard, and Picard stares straight down the barrel into the camera, and Picard goes. Engage. And then it goes and they fucking shoot off into warp speed. And that's the end of the episode. End of season one. The only prediction of my four predictions, I got three right. The one I didn't get right was that I thought Narek was going to die. Narek survived. But you don't know what happened to him. He just sort of the last time they you see him, him he's on the down, planet. 
Yeah, he's down on the planet captured by the synths, and that's the last time you see him. But I yeah. really, I suspect that means that he's going to come back next yeah, season. He'll be back. And right. I back. really don't want it. Like, I, I'm already yeah. irritated at the idea of seeing Narek again. I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> they kill him? What happened? Because Narek is just sort of gone <laughs> by the end. Like he's, yeah, he just vanishes from the episode. He's just sort of, the, the yeah. So, anyways, you also uh, w- maybe not predicted, but wanted hoped that Gerardi's storyline would be done, but she's still hanging in there. She I is. thought they were going to kill her because yeah. I thought that there was no way that they would redeem her. I mean, Star Trek, and they haven't necessarily Star redeemed Trek has her. Pretty strict. Mm-hmm. Morals they, when it comes. They to redeemed things. her from a standpoint of he, she saved Jean. She rescued Jean Luc. She from saved Jean Luc, but mm-hmm. they have that didn't redeem her murdering like murder. No, no, no. And I think they're trying to hand wave that away by saying, "Well, she was under the influence of the like admonition that she got infected with by the mind meld." Like they haven't explicitly said that, but it kind of feels like that's what they're hinting well, yeah. at. Yeah, but I don't. They certainly that... haven't dealt with it yet, so maybe they'll deal with it next season. But and they, they didn't did not... say they didn't say that she was mind controlled. She made a choice to do right what she did. But maybe that 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 imprinted so strongly on her that it felt like a a compulsion. Yeah, but if that's what they were going for, mm-hmm. they did not like, convey yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They didn't. No. They didn't successfully describe that in story because up until the point that she does it there's no she's acting perfectly no sign that she is troubled at all Mm. by being there what she's doing any of that she's acting the same way she always does right up until that like the comic relief up until the point that she kills him yeah so if she's being manipulated they didn't do a good job storytelling wise which brings us to to pros and cons Cons. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. So I will give you my. Do, what do you want? Pros first, and then cons. No cons. Pro. I'll, I'll do pro con. Pro con. Oh, How about okay. that? Sure. Right. My my first pro is Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Come on, he's. It's the title of the show. But seriously, he holds this thing together. Mm-hmm. by his fingernails. Did yeah. you ever this feel like he be... was weak or he was off? No. He's okay. no. solid. He's rock solid. And thank God, because he makes things that shouldn't work, work. Mm. Right. By by sheer power of being Patrick Stewart, he makes things that you would go, eh. ordinarily, I wouldn't like that, but it's Patrick Stewart doing it. So I like it. I mean... He is he's not just the star of the show. He's the only reason this show has mm-hmm. for existing. He's just great mm-hmm. throughout. My first con is Narek, Narissa, and the Romulans in general. Yeah. I didn't care about Narek. I didn't care about whether he was good or bad, whether he loved Soji or didn't love Soji. I didn't care about Narissa. I didn't care about the Romulan plot at all. Yeah. It just felt flat. It just was boring. Like mm-hmm. that was the problem. They it was boring. Do, they didn't do anything to make them interesting as yeah. villains, right? 
Oh, you you said the villains were horrible, but to all of the other characters are awesome, like Elnor and and uh, everyone on the ship and Riker and Troy and all of that. That was really fleshed me, out. Which brings me to number two of my mm-hmm. pros: Rios, Rafi, Elnor, and Gerardi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all four of them. Yes, great, great, well developed. Like I felt like I knew who they were and why they were the way they were. The acting is great. And I felt like those four characters are just like, I would, I would love to see all four of those characters, you know, <laughs> again. In mm, yes. Even Gerardi. Didn't you say like you, you were not a huge fan of Gerardi's I was not a arc? huge fan of the way they wrote Gerardi, but mm. I think that Alison Pill is such a good actress. She killed that it. She, she makes Gerardi really yeah. and, and interesting. Engaging. Even yeah. when Engaged. even when she's doing things that are like, that's dumb. Why would you do that? Like, yeah. She's such a good actress that she makes it she makes it fun to watch. That's an amazing skill, actually. Yeah. She's a great actress. <laughs> uh con. Con too. Lazy storytelling. Right. Mm. Just in general. A, yeah. a general laziness. We've, we've talked about that a lot. We've talked about, <laughs> uh, we don't have to talk about it more. We've talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Bad timing. And by bad timing, I mean rushing things that should be short, that mm. should be longer, and shortchanging things that should be longer. But not all the time. They, they do hit a few amazing moments. It's yeah. just... A- Absolutely. These well, are there's plenty of amazing moments throughout the whole season. These are the cons. That's mm-hmm. why these are in the con category, man. Con. Um, Shabon, great TV writer, great writer, bad TV writer. We kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy who loves to write books, but should maybe should not be writing television. <laughs> right. Uh, things happen because the writers need them to happen, not because they make any sense. These were all subheadings under other lazy writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the idea that things will just happen because the writers want them to happen, which is a big problem. Um, back to pluses, everything that happened on Stardust city was great, but Jazel was great. Dressing up in the funny outfits and having cosplay accents. Terrific. I loved everything about that. Yep. Uh, Nepenthe and Riker and Troy. Best episode by far, the Nepenthe episode. I'm still not sold on the the name of the planet, though. Yeah, I don't even, I didn't Google the name to know if that means. You say Nepenthe. (laughs) I say Nepenthe. Cons, uh, repetitiveness. Telling us things we already know. Uh, Happened a lot. Happened a lot. That kind of goes under the lazy storytelling. Yeah, I I guess it does. You're right. Nepenthe, a drug described in Homer's Odyssey as banishing grief or trouble from a person's mind. They wanted to go there to help cure their son. Yep. That's right. Pluses, pros, seven of nine, Hugh. Awesome. Yep. Mm. Seeing them both together and separately was great. Did uh, Hugh and seven of nine have, was Hugh and Voyager? No. Did they ever interact together? No. No, before this, no. Okay. Prediction, do you think they'll bring him back? Hugh back? I I would. I hope so. 
Yeah. You I don't know if this is a prediction. The episode in which he died, you felt like he might come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he still got a bunch of Borg gunk in him, so I feel like they could sort of techno babble their way to <laughs> finding a way to bring you back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they will or not, but I would like to. I felt like he didn't get enough mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. they kind of brought him back and killed him off pretty quickly, like within yeah. an episode and a half, he was back and dead. So I would I wouldn't mind seeing him again. Uh, cons, Soji, just in general. <laughs> wow, she's going on to be in the second season. So, oh, that's a big con. Well, it's not. The I think that fault. it was it's her. The storyline that they uh, gave her was dumb because exactly. it was so wrapped up in the nonsense of the Romulans. Like that was mm. her part was all about what was going on with the Romulans, and that storyline was boring. And now it's done, right? And now okay. it's done. It, it was not the actress's fault. She did a lovely job. All of the acting across the it's board great. was even Narek and Narissa are yeah. good actors. They Terrible, just had Terrible. shitty parts to play. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not their fault. Yeah. Soji. They just, all do a great. Everyone was doing a great job with what they had to work. With. It's like okay. Sean Connery and Zardoz. Sure. <laughs> Don't edit that pause out. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually seen Zardoz. Neither have so. I. I've only seen that weird photo of Sean Connery in that weird <laughs> outfit. You literally, we're making a reference to a thing. <laughs> yeah. Even know if that yes. reference makes sense. That's why I this am. Why blind. we have to do the podcast where <laughs> we watch movies? Because <laughs> I was like, "Is Min making a thoughtful point?" No, you, you didn't <laughs> actually. You weren't making any sound. You it might seemed... as well. You might as well have been speaking a foreign language <laughs> that you don't know the translation <laughs> of. We've all seen that photo. That's a weird photo. Yes, <laughs> it has nothing at all to do with what we're talking about. But yes, we've all seen the photo. So anyway, Soji, not great, but maybe maybe better in the second season if they figure out. There more interesting things to do. Pros, data. Mm. Especially in that, I mean, that last, the last 20 minutes of this episode raised the entire season up from a B minus uh, to a B plus. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was almost ready to give it a minus. It sounds like, well, I was, I mean, until we sort of went through this right now, I had, because the end was so fantastic. And that's why, you know, you stick the landing, forgives a lot of <laughs> a lot of ills. You know what I mean? Like sure, yeah. it's what the judges see last. So I thought they stuck the landing pretty fucking well. And so I had sort of just forgiven everything that had happened earlier on in the sea in the show, in this episode. Be and until we started talking about it, I'm like, Yeah, that was lazy. That was like <laughs> So you're saying I made it worse by, <laughs> no, no, no. by reminding just, you. you know, just, just having, I mean, like I said, I only watched it once. So if I watched it again, I'm sure I would pick up on a lot of those things a lot more easily, too. But and Sean I, cried I, three times. All right. That's where his mind was at. This episode did not make me cry, but I did. I, 
I certainly felt emotions seeing Data and Picard in that scene together. Mm. Do you guys think that Data is done with? He's no more appearances? They might. Yes, this was his death scene. This was was explicitly Mm. a farewell to data. to data like yeah. this whole season was kind of built around fair saying farewell to data once and for all mm-hmm. yeah. and picard finally got to say the things that he didn't get to say mm-hmm. you know and that's what that's what the story was about and now he's got data's daughter on the ship with him and they're going to clearly have a sort of father-daughter relationship He's got Elnor. He's going to have a father-son relationship with Elnor. He's going to have sort of a kindly uncle relationship with Rios and Rafi and Jurati. That's going to be the that's going to be the vibe going forward, I suspect. Yeah. Uh, my last pro is also my last con. <laughs> I put it. I put it in both categories, and it is. And it is Picard speeches. I wrote it both. I wrote it under pros and I wrote it under cons. Well, that makes sense. Because Picard's speeches are great. They wrote, they were, they were great writing and great. Uh, Patrick Stewart obviously knows how to deliver a monologue. By the way, if you guys aren't following Patrick Stewart on Twitter, you should, because he's been doing, since the quarantine started, he's been doing a sonnet a day, mm. where every day he films himself reading one of Shakespeare's sonnets. Does he and go in order, or is it random? Yes, he started with one, uh-huh. and now he's up to like seven or eight. And he's, it's just very soothing to watch a video of Patrick Stewart reading a sonnet to you. It's kind of great. Yeah. With his voice and everything. Yeah. So I put it in both pro and con because I think that they're they're well written and he delivers them great. But I also put them under con because I think there were too many of them. They were using them. They used them as a crutch a lot of the time. Uh, they used them as a crutch a lot of the time. And a lot of the time they didn't work. They don't work. Like mm-hmm. he they give him this great moment where he's like, I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to deliver a great speech. And mm. he does. And then everyone's like, fuck you, old man. <laughs> it's just like, well, why did you bother to give him this great mm. speech if it wasn't gonna work? Well, I can respect some of that, though, because like not everything you try in life will work. And then it's about overcoming and and keep keep pushing on. They did it too much. They could have done it. You could have done it twice and they did it five times. Yeah, they did it a lot. Yeah. I mean, the numbers aren't there, but you know what I'm saying? Like they did it more than they should have. I mean, I can't think of an episode where he didn't give <laughs> a rousing speech. <laughs> when he was down on the planet with the Romulans, with the Romulan nuns, like he yep. tried to give a speech down there and they didn't listen to him. <laughs> well, when like, you bring Gallagher on the show, you got to have watermelons for Gallagher. <laughs> sure. Right. I mean, you have to give Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great, I don't mind doing dialogue. the card speeches. <laughs> That's why I put it in both categories, man. Yeah. Because it's a pro, <laughs> pro listening to him, but yeah. it's a con from a storytelling standpoint that it's like mm. ugh, another it's card 
monologue. Okay. <laughs> Sean, did you have any pros and cons to add? Uh, nothing. I think that pretty much summed it all up for me. And then overall, the... great. I'd say mm-hmm. B plus. Yep. Ooh, yeah, that's yep. respectable. 85. No. Mm-hmm. 8.5. Have they given clues on what season room, two? Uh, I don't think so. I would like to see. I would really like, and and I doubt that they will do this, mm. but now that they've got this new crew, I would love a season that was old school Star Trek <laughs> where they just did one-off Fly adventures. Around. Yeah. And they just go around because he's got mm. he's got his crew back together. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know, Rios is the Riker. Mm-hmm. He's got Soji as the Data. Mm. He's got Gerardi as the the the... The uh, doctor. doctor. Um, um, you got uh, Raffi as as the Geordi. You got Elnor as the Wharf. Elnor feels a little more data sometimes. His emotionlessness. No, but he's the badass fighter. Mm, okay, but Elnor is not emotionless. Elnor is all emotion. Yeah, he's uh, Elnor is emotion. the opposite. He's super uh, emotional. Yeah, Elnor, yeah. Elnor cries the, the drop of a hat. Okay. Okay, gotcha. He's the wharf. Soji's the data, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's the daughter of data, but mm-hmm. he's got his crew. He's got his, you know, yeah. go around, flying around, having adventures together. That'd be interesting That's to go I, from season one, where it's this huge, crazy, like, oh, humanity is at uh, risk arc, to like, oh, we're just going to hop around, skip around, and solve these cute little mysteries. I don't think they will do that. I just I don't think I, so either. I, I would like that to be the second. It'd be season. it'd be cute. It'd be nice. I would I would love that. Mm. They're not gonna do that. Like, <laughs> I just I would love a show where they just fly around and have adventures, mm. but they're not gonna do that. They just don't make it's TV like TV that anymore. Mm-hmm. I agree. Not no, streaming. Not streaming TV anyway. Right. Like yeah. there are still like cop shows and. Procedure. Sure. On te- broadcast TV. Regular television, but CBS All Access is not going to do that. Um, no love story interest for Elnor. Do you think that they might explore that more in uh, season two? Uh, sure. Hopefully, yeah. Let's make Elnor gay. I mean, he's been, <laughs> he's, he's been raised by Romulan warrior nuns. Nuns, yeah. How is he not gay? <laughs> Do they have like uh, lunch musicals? That if anything, thought? if anything turns you gay, it's being raised by nuns. <laughs> Respectful, at least, at the very least. Uh, anything you you guys want to see in season two that they that you would love them to get into and, and explore? Well, we know Guinan is coming back. They've already mm, said right. that they're that yeah. You love to see maybe some of the elder characters so come back. I want to know where maybe. Beverly. I want to know what happened to Beverly. <sighs> Where's That'd be Beverly? Cool, right? Mm-hmm. Such an important character, particularly in Picard's life. Like, mm-hmm. right? Way more important to Picard than you know, Jordy. Yeah, they have a they have a past. They have a real like past together. Yeah, yeah. So I would I I was genuinely kind of surprised that we didn't see her this season. They can only pack in so much. Yeah, but I kind of thought that they would, I thought that they might hide the fact that she was on it and then have Mm. it be a surprise at the end. That would be, that Uh, would have been super cool. But they didn't. 
Mm. No. Well, they have another season to to explore that. Yep. What about you, Sean? Well, what are you two, hoping? I, like I said, I mean, I, well, I told you what I hope they would do with the show. Uh, and it, as far as what I would like to see, I'd love to see them inter- him interact with other, you know, maybe he has an, in, you know, maybe they bring Q back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why not? I feel like, like once Q comes hey. back, then it becomes almost like a series again. You know, it's like, oh, it's just going to be like the next generation. We'll get uh, who knows how many seasons of this. Q's back. They've already said they're doing two more. So oh. they have two more years to, okay. to tell, do tell a story. Well, was well, uh, oh, well, did we have any uh, FMK uh, to wrap things up um, and keep it a little spicy? Well, what are our... What are our parameters? Who are the three? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you guys have watched it. You guys have breathed it twice sometimes, generally. Um, So you would would be good at setting up. We'll do the three three women Uh and the three men. Let's start with the men first so it doesn't feel sexist. So you got Picard, Rios, and Elnor. (sighs) Come on. How is this a... This is not hard, right? I was initially going to say you you fuck Elnor, you marry Picard, and you kill Rios. But now you might have to kill Elnor. Otherwise, he'll kill you. And Rios would probably be a good fuck, but you still marry I think, Picard. I think, I hate to do it, but I think you marry Elnor, <laughs> you fuck Rios, and you kill Picard. What? Oh, no. That's so wrong. Wow. You, well, but he's wow. old. He comes back as a that He's old. <laughs> He's old. It, Sean is ready gonna... to sacrifice for the economy. All right, right. old people, step up. Do you yeah. people to... Hello, Mitch McConnell. What are you Logan's doing? Run, baby. Kill them all. How wow. Dare you. Yeah, that is controversial. We see where you stand, Sean. No. What about you, Matt? I couldn't, I couldn't kill Elnor. I can't. And I love kill... Rios. I can't kill Rios. So I had to do. I had to make the choice. <laughs> I think gotta make choices to. in this world. These are hard choices. It's why it's a hard game. Yeah. If it was it's easy, right. if it was easy, you wouldn't play. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here. Sacrifice it's like when yourself. we had to choose between <laughs> Sulu and Chekhov and Spock or whoever it was. I forget what it was. But we had a hard yeah. time with it. It's you fuck Elmore. Mm-hmm. Kill Rio. You marry Picard. Yep. And you right. kill, unfortunately, Rios. Okay. Because Rios right. is has a tortured backstory and is a lot of work. <laughs> I, I don't feel like dealing with his bullshit. Here's the uh, other hand. Don't do you think maybe Elnor may become like a puppy once you fuck him, and then he's just clingy, he's needy, he's never had this sort of relationship before, or maybe being with the nuns, he's really emotionally balanced. I'm not hey, sure. Hey, you know, you look like Elnor. You can do whatever you, <laughs> you can do. Whatever you shake that thing all right you just you, you get a little you get away with a lot well real right. is not a bad looking this world dude, is right? designed this world is designed for the elnors beautiful for the elnors of the world yeah we're not mole rats here yeah. okay i'm not blind you know <laughs> bizarre all right so the women Rafi oh, and Gerardi. Oh, oh, kill Soji. Kill Soji. <laughs> uh, you marry you marry Gerardi and you Rafi fuck Soji. and you marry Gerardi. Yeah, that one's easy. 
what? Uh, they're all m- murderers or or dark, dark past, aren't they? Like Jurati killed her lover. You don't want to f- f- fuck or marry Jurati. Yeah. You said you want to now. be Jurati. I know. I do. I still do. I think Jurati is a crazy character. I, it's it's so. But like, you don't want to. Complex. You don't want to marry her. You just no, want to you be. Have to be careful. Yeah. I would rather marry Rafi because I could feel like I could trust Rafi. You could understand where she's, she's coming from. Past. She if she she's she makes a tortured choices. past. Yeah, but she makes choices that are for the good. And, I and she's a drug right. addict and an alcoholic. Yeah, or I suppose. Yeah, I suppose Jurati does too. Oh, that's complicated. Fuck. I don't know. I also didn't see them, and so I'm I'm just working off like your descriptions of them. Well, sure. So. It's harder. I don't know. After they killing Bruce Maddox, Gerardi's fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. You marry Gerardi. You fuck Rafi mm-hmm. because she's you crazy. So and you, yeah. and you always fuck crazy. You always fuck crazy. <laughs> and you kill Soji because she's just so fucking irritating. Yeah. That's so easy to me, man. I can't believe yeah, you don't I, I don't yeah maybe I I've never heard the phrase uh, you always fuck crazy before but you but guys you've never, never heard, heard that before I, I I I suppose I have heard of the the idea of it but never phrased like that yeah you but. don't you don't date crazy you fuck no. crazy okay and that well, is not very by the way just in case anybody is ever listening to this which i can't imagine why you would yeah. three and a half hours into a podcast <laughs> just in case anybody is listening that is not gendered i'm gay so i'm i'm saying you fuck mm. crazy whether you're a man or a woman <laughs> And you and you date the sane ones. I well, fucked a lot. I, I fucked a lot of crazy men, but I don't date them. You've lived to tell the tale so far. Mm. Well, gentlemen, before we go, it's I said it earlier. You guys didn't really say anything about it. I don't care. I'm gonna say it again. It's been awesome hanging out with you guys again. It's been very um, yes. enduring. I miss oh, you guys. I love it. I miss yeah. you guys so much. I'm excited to record Warped over the Skype. Yes. I'm sad that we're not going to get together. We got to do what we got to do until the doing's yeah. done. It's funny how I can go for a long time without seeing people until I can't see people. And then, I, <laughs> and then I'm like, right? I miss everybody no, so much. It'll uh, make us appreciate each other a lot. Same thing. Yep. So take us out, Matt. Well, thank you very much for listening to what will be the last episode for now of season two, season two. Who knows when that will happen or if the world will even continue to spit. The world goes on until then. Please listen to the regular podcast, (laughs) which is called Warped. Warped. The completely unnecessary podcast coming at you every Friday morning. Until then, you can please rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to what you can search for it on all of your podcatching devices. It will take you such a small amount of time to go and click on five stars and write a little short review. You're under quarantine right now anyway. You have nothing have better, nothing to, better do. to do. But it's okay if you don't want to do it. If it's too much stress, too much pressure, it's totally okay. Well, is it? 
Even I mean, it's not reviews that much are great. The, the, rate, the ratings, though, you, five, click on yeah, the five the stars. It takes two seconds. Yeah. I know that people are listening. More than eight people are listening to this. <laughs> yeah. We've only got we've only eight. got eight reviews. We've only got eight clicks. Ratings. We've only got not even reviews. We've only got eight ratings. Mm, right. Uh, go and click on five stars. Come on, you guys. What is, what's wrong with you? Give us yeah. a break. We're all just trying to keep it together we're here. Just, we're just, we're here for you guys. We're, we're trying, trying to brighten to your day. Do, trying to make something that people enjoy listening to. In the meantime, after you've done that, you can then go onto Instagram and follow our Instagram at Warped the Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Warped Trek. You can follow my personal twitter at warp toast you can follow min's twitter and learn about our dungeons and dragons and call of cthulhu podcasts and live streams at mm. wet maynard you can go to patreon and give us money for bonus episodes and extra content at patreon.com slash warped gentlemen it was a pleasure until next time my name is matt I'm Sean. And I'm Min Win. Thank you for listening and good night. <laughs> <laughs>